Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. Maybe even leave a review to let others know what you think of the show. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the variety that you get right here on the CEP Network. The CEP Network now has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all the great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. It's that easy. In this episode, Patrick and I get on the line with Jack and Bond from the St. Louis-based band Brook Royal. It was not only our first episode of Raised on the Radio with guests, but we kept the conversation going for over two hours. Our topics were all over the place, which made for a great time, but most importantly, Jack and Bond were on the show to promote the band's new song that just dropped today, Everywhere You Get Your Music. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out on the social medias. You can reach us on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages, and also as well, the Raised on the Radio Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, do not hesitate to reach out. Now that all that's out of the way, here's Brooke Royal's latest track called We Wait, and that'll lead you into the conversation.
Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Raised on the Radio. A new voice starting off the show. It's your boy, Patrick. I'm with my boy, Colt, off in the woods somewhere. Yes, sir. Decided to hold off on the intro today because we have special guests with us today. Jack and Bon from the band Brook Royal. How are you guys? What's up, dude? I really just wanted to say our friends Jack and Bon, and I didn't want to say Brook Royal because I don't know how that makes you guys feel. But well, it sounds like you're based saying- on what we just talked about before we hit record. Yeah. But um, so anyway, how are you guys? Thanks well, for joining. Hang us. on, I have to question that. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by you don't know how that makes you feel? A well, Jack and Bon. I mean, it's a that's a good. Feel. No, what we said we wanted to title the show, so that's why I was oh, like, okay. maybe we. Oh. Say we're hanging with some friends today, and then they can talk about that part of the, the podcast. But uh, what's up, dudes? <laughs> what's going on, boys? Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm glad you guys are on. I wanted to have you on because uh, you got some new stuff coming out, and I want, I want you guys to talk about it. I think everyone should be excited about it. Give us, give us, give us the news. I've seen a few cryptic tweets and Instagram <laughs> stories, but other than that, I don't know anything. So what's going on? See, I was hoping they weren't that cryptic. I thought they were semi-informative. Man, <laughs> here's well, a message could... that in two weeks there's going to be another message. Get ready. Yeah, I'm going to do a countdown to this countdown of the countdown to this day where we're going to release something. Maybe countdown. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, no. <clears throat> well, yeah, no. We're going to finally put out some new music that we have been. Uh, honestly, it's been written and worked on for probably two and a half years if not more something like that yeah okay. but finally hit that time uh where it was kind of like timing was right we're like all right let's put this out because we uh you know when we can dive into that stuff later but we hit quite a few snags along the way and um finally we're able to actually complete the stuff get into a studio uh you know safely and all that stuff and finish everything and put out some new tunes so we're we're gonna be putting out our new uh first new song in a couple years uh on tuesday december 8th i don't know when this episode would air or anything probably tomorrow but... <clears throat> okay cool so hey tomorrow uh, <laughs> assuming everything goes well with whenever you're dealing with uploading things to all the platforms <laughs> could be i could be doing a countdown to absolutely nothing tomorrow <laughs> or uh, so either way i'm pretty be- sure it's going through because i already got the email <laughs> from uh, cd baby about distribution and when it's uh Did you? Yeah, yeah hey this is where our communication in our band really <laughs> succeed guys oh yeah they yeah hey yeah. you guys just found out i just found out there you go all good so, yeah. but yeah tuesday it'll be available on all the streaming platforms and all that stuff we have a kind of a little accompanying video going out with it on youtube um you know uh and uh, that song will be called we wait which i thought was rather fitting because we wait. waited a long time for wait. songs Awesome. So you Too said long. a music video or just a little promo, uh, promo deal? It's just more of a, a promo, like a visualization kind of accompanying video. Okay. You can listen to the song, but it's actually not boring to watch the video. It's not just a picture of the album art. It's, uh, you know, it's it's pretty cool. Our friend uh, Ryan Kelly uh, knocked that up for us. So shout out to RPK. Good old RPK. Actually, uh, what studio? Out to, like, I was going to say, actually, shout out to, like, everybody that was involved in this because pretty much all of our friends, like uh, Dan Marsala from Story of the Year, recorded it. Our uh, friend Jay Hall uh, mixed it, and uh, Foxboro Mastering took care of it for us. And then 
Ryan Kelly did the uh, artwork and videos, and Ryan Phillips did the photos for us. So look at that. Yeah, uh, you, you know. did go to Encapsulated. That was going to be my next question. What studio did you knock it out at? <coughs> Sorry, it was uh, Encapsulated. Yep. yep. Awesome. Yeah, we, so we full. What is it? Full record or EP or how many songs? We're just putting out one song, and then oh, okay. We, we've we've recorded four, and we're just gonna. We decided people have like you know that uh, twenty twenty um, attention span. So we decided we're like, well, why don't we just put out one song at a time and just there's no rush. We have it's not like we're putting out an album, then we can play our, you know, a show next week or go on tour or do anything. So it's just kind of like, why not just put one at a time and take our time with it and do it right? Those are air quotes there. So how many how many songs do you think you're sitting on right now that you could record? Oh, oh, there's probably 30 songs sitting in a folder right now on Dropbox. Um, we're sitting on four that are completed <clears throat> and like ready to go. We could put it out tomorrow and be fine with it. But, um, you know, we, like I said, we wanted to do it right. We're going to, we're going to put out the, um, the one song this Tuesday, tomorrow and putting out another one in January, kind of similar way of doing it. And then we're shooting a music video for the third, uh, for a third song that will come out in February. And then hopefully the, kind of go on par with that so hope is to like you know stretch it out long enough to where that maybe there's a possibility of getting the play live by the time the fourth one comes out otherwise you know um you you know i i doubt it but it's it's still uh you know you put four songs out now it's just kind of you know just kind of a waste but you know yeah Yeah, no that's a good strategy I, i think that's a good strategy for sure yeah hopefully Shows will be back sometime in the beginning of 2021. <laughs> we'll have to see about that, I guess. But yeah, I, I, I would doubt it. But like before yeah. end of summer is my best. Yeah. Um, so j- you joked about the title, calling it "We Wait." So I mean, is the song itself sort of is it inspired by what's going on in the world and how much 2020 has sucked, or is there is there any any inspiration there at all? I think the name was probably more coincidental. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was more just like putting in the lyrics of, uh, you know, okay, this is kind of more of a the buzzword for the for the song, so we used that that would, uh, um, you know, be most recognizable. But I mean, the song on its itself and as a whole, uh, the writing process for this stuff was um, a, a lot different than what we'd ever done before, because um, typically there was a lot of you know, riffs and stuff that I'd write and then it would get put together from there. Um, this was a lot of, uh, more of a collective effort, even when it came to like vocal melodies and everything. So, um, you know, I just, I don't know that I was specifically trying to say something about like we wait, or is it having to do with the 2020 thing or not? It very well may be. I was more, more just, um, writing, the first things that kind of came to mind and, and, and with that. So it just, and every single one of them was like that. And it all just kind of poured out that way, which was a little nerve wracking because I hadn't, I normally am very meticulous about stuff that it's gotta be exactly the right way. And I'm, this, this one was different because there's ways that I was singing that I had no idea if the guys were going to even like it. So you yeah. know, it's <laughs> it was weird. And and yeah, we did. I mean, I would say this is probably by far the most by committee stuff that we've ever done. Uh I would say the ironic part of it would be maybe it's 
maybe I'm using ironic poorly. So correct me if I'm wrong, grammar, grammar folks. But uh, it, it was one of those things like we kind of uh, a few years ago, we kind of did like a get back together show at Pops here in St. Louis. Uh, did a whole sold out show. We did a new song with our like kind of new lineup, played Point Fest. We we're like, oh my God, well, dudes, like this feels great. Why don't we, this is a new way of doing it. We kind of sound a little bit more mature, which as one would expect in our, uh, you know, mid to late thirties. And uh, we kind of all start writing songs that entire fall. <clears throat> and then uh, coincidentally, uncoincidentally, everything kind of just <laughs> kind of fell apart in the world. Uh, you know, um, my family suffered a pretty bad loss, which put us off for a couple months. Um, our other guitar player, Matt, he had massive loss in his family, was followed by our friend Matthew Amalong. Um, and then we're kind of like, we're like, oh my God, it's around the holidays already. Well, let's just record this stuff and work on it. And then, uh, you know, I called Dan, got us in the studio. And then I was like, all right, let's just hurry up and knock this out, blah, blah, blah. And then a pandemic shut down the world. So I kind of felt like, uh, sure, it seemed like the world did not want us to put new, new music out. It was like, all right, I get it. We'll stop soon enough. Just let me put out these freaking songs. <laughs> Just let me get through this. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, I I can't speak for Jack on that part, but it was a little hard for me because it's like these songs really are like two and a half, three years old. So it was like, all right, yeah, we got these done. Can we do something else now? Like, can we do more stuff? Does everyone still want to do that stuff? But anyway, I it didn't feel like it was ever going to be done, but no, which so, is again, coincidentally, whenever we kind of came up with the term or the song title for the first song, we wait, I was like, man, how fitting is that? That's funny stuff. <laughs> but I never, I never know what Jack writes about, to be honest with you. I never know what he writes about. <laughs> Isn't that the best? <clears throat> Love that. So I'm, I'm glad you said that. Cause I have a question, Jack, you said something that it gave me shivers. Actually, you said that you worked with the group on vocal melodies. Now, I personally hate doing that because I'm a bitch, but so tell me about that experience. Well, um, it, you know, when you get people like Matt Benny and Al Coretta in a band, both those dudes are incredibly talented musicians, but also yeah. very good singers that um, it would, it kind of felt like it would have been uh, an asshole move on my part to not say, you know, what are you guys thinking? Let's get the best thing that we possibly can. And, and we've always, you, you know, like it, it, same thing too. I mean, David had suggestions for, for melody things and, 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 uh, Bonnaroo as well. And it, it was, it was different, but at the same time, we know that if it's going to be something that's super weird or harmonies or whatever it is, that we'll be able to do it live too, just cause you know, we got, realistically it's everybody on the on the front line there can can do backup so yeah. um you know it's it's at that was normally that's a a big uh fun part for me but uh being able to collectively work with that and hear um you know somebody else's thoughts on that especially when i've heard some of their solo stuff and i really like it a lot so i know that you know that they're they're going to pick some some cool melodies that we can all work with and, and things like that. And, you know, it was uh different, that's for sure. But uh, at the same time, it was really cool. So it's awesome. Yeah, Not cool. to mention that that guy that recorded you, he, he's, he's an okay singer, I guess, too, right? Man, that dude sucks. He a bitch. Shout out to Marsala. Now, cl closer, yeah, was, so, closer was the last song that you guys put out, right? 
Yes. And how long has that been? Yeah. That was 2018. 2018. Yeah. Great story wow. about that song. I wrote uh, the the intro, like the top line. I wrote that in my uh, my underwear. No shirt on, Colt. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> and I played it. I played it at the uh, practice space, and Al just goes, "Hey, man, keep playing that." And I think that song was written within five minutes. It, yeah, it didn't take it was, long at all. Yeah, it was it was super funny with that song. It was like we wrote that song in like a day, and then we were in the studio a month later, and then it was on the radio four weeks after that. Wow. It was it was kind of like a literal underwear to radio thing in two months and that's just that's the magic of music man it's funny yeah funny stuff who did that that was with Amalong too yeah oh matthew so do you guys do you guys miss the just the the aesthetic of getting in a room and jamming as much as playing shows i do yeah yeah i mean i did i got enough I mean, which do you want more? Because in, in a weird way, like I've, I've said this to multiple people, I'd rather just right now just get in a room and just jam for three hours and not worry about a show. You know what I mean? Like as, yeah. as odd as that is, like that's always the stuff that I love the most, just the camaraderie, kick back a few beers, just play. You know what I mean? But you can <clears throat> miss anyway. I'm Speaking for myself, I miss the shows so much because all those things – that you're talking about, like, especially as I've gotten older, still playing shows and stuff, the camaraderie happens on stage now probably more than ever, where I'm just like, I am just drinking with my friends and playing guitars and shit. I'm like, oh, there just happens to be a few hundred, hopefully a few hundred to a thousand people there that can enjoy me enjoying beer with my friends. But the live show and the lights and the energy and stuff like that, that's the shit I miss. Like, I miss just, like, the environment. I miss, like... Yeah, I'm saying that it's a different kind of energy. Yeah, I just miss it all. I miss all of it because I can't even like I don't even have my big amp here at my house, so I can't even play and like get like real distortion. I hate it, and I want that through speakers, and I want to be loud and obnoxious. And someone complained like, "Man, I couldn't hear your clean channel, man. Your sound sucks real tight." (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that the best compliment ever? That was a really tight set, guys. Yeah, really <laughs> that's, the that's the standard. I didn't watch your set. I did not watch you. Yeah. Like, hey, man. Like, hey, I don't care. I'm. I'll. I'll reveal my my secret. Usually, it's one of those things. Like, sometimes you get concerted out, or you know what I mean. Like, you go to support friends, but you're like, man, I don't. I don't really want to watch any of the bands right now or anything. And maybe I'm a dick for saying that, but I've been to a lot of shows in my life. I've watched a lot of bands, but like, hey, man, did you watch you guys? Man, you know what? They had you real dialed in out front. That was my (laughs) (laughs) real professional. Well, whatever. I don't don't Um, want to be mean to people. You got a great, great, great crack to your snare. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) What kind of guitar is that? Man, the pickups are great. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have a guitarist. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, that computer program is sick. Talk talk about talk about the lineup because you both have mentioned the lineup now. Where, um, how, how would you compare it? And I, you know, and just stop me if you feel this question is a little bit out of line. But so, you, you know, Brook Royal's been around all the time, and you guys have done a, a ton of cool shit. And there's been changes in the lineup, you know, as people have seen. So with the current lineup, how satisfied are you with sort of the the progression and like the like we talked about the camaraderie and just the way that you guys write. 
with this lineup versus lineups of old? Uh, I, I, I think before it was, um, I, I, we'd always talked about maybe doing more, um, as a group, but it's for a long, the longest time it was kind of, Oh, it's not broke. Let's don't fix it kind of thing. And just kept rolling there. Also, there was uh, a ridiculous amount of content already down that I think were, um, I, I mean, I don't even remember that. I mean, there were some weeks that I could send the boys four to five demos um, just that week, uh, you know, and with this, but it was also kind of more of a feeling of being under the gun where now yeah. uh, it's kind of who cares, you know, like it's, we're doing this because this is what we want to do and, and we're worried about, us being as, as happy as possible as, as opposed to, you know, you always say you're not going to try to write for other people or radio or whatever the crap it is, but you always end up falling into it a little bit. And, and, uh, you know, that's kind of the stuff that makes it not fun. And, uh, this is definitely while it's taken a long time to get finished, it's, it's probably the most fun, um, I've had, uh, in this process just cause it's a lot more relaxed and, and we're, you know, we're just, freer to to do whatever we want so and and you can hear it in the music that it's 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 like you know it kind of sound like they're just like i'm not worried if i hope hope you like it but it's not gonna bug bug me if you don't you know this is this is for us really you know it's just to be able to get through the two shittiest two years i think uh all of us collectively have had so now has 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 brooke royal been both of your guys main focus here lately because i know you guys are both involved in other bands and other stuff or is brooke royal like your the main thing right now uh i mean for me like this is my only musical project right now i know i i work for a couple other bands but until they put out records and go tour i you know (laughs) i couldn't pay my bills so uh yeah it's i would say that brooke royal has been a welcome focus during this whole thing just because it's actually given me something to do (laughs) and like be like oh well this is enjoyable it makes me feel creative and kind of an outlet kind of thing yeah, I mean, with with mine, it's um, you know we, we we've been kind of doing both um, this and the and the poor, um, but with with the shutdown, it's <clears throat> it's kind of uh, it's kind of made it difficult. So it's uh, you know where I mean we are working on on our stuff too, but I'd say Brook Royal's definitely been more of the focus just because we had a lot more almost ready to go. So it was just like okay, let's even if we're going inch by inch, we're that much closer to the finish line where the other stuff were more just, just kind of writing to write to, you know, see what we can come up with. Gotcha. Matt Benny's doing a lot of recording on his own now, isn't he? Oh yeah. yeah. <clears throat> He's killing it, man. Yeah. I think he just did Brian Chaney's new record. Right. Um, I know he did the new fivefold stuff and he did, uh, we did a song there and I think that'll be the fourth one in the series of songs we're putting out. Nice. That we're, of his but dude uh it was kind of one of those things we like he's a machine like he's a freak like you know all young good looking dude super talented you're like dude stop doing stop being good at shit (laughs) (laughs) him and happy little family what a jerk (laughs) no but yeah he's uh like he pretty much brought it up at the beginning or i would say let me digress there end of 2018 he was like hey 
I'd like when we're going to start doing stuff, I'd like to start recording. Like we'll leave me as an option. And we're like, yeah, like why, why wouldn't we want to do it on our own? It doesn't really, doesn't really matter nowadays. Like you don't have to go to a studio. You can do everything remotely. Like, I mean, to use our friends in story of the years, last record wolves, which is one of my favorite records they've ever done. They did it all on their own. Like they recorded drums one more, but they did. Ryan did his guitars in his basement. And Dan did his vocals in the basement. You can't tell me you can't do it like that anymore. Right. So if, you know, if you have the knowledge to do it and Matt's one of those dudes that like buckles down and says, I'm going to do this. And he actually does it. Not like my old ass where I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. And then, you know, I don't call Pat back when I tell him I'm going to call him on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, I'll come by and see the kid. And I'm like, not, not today, maybe next week. <laughs> it, was, it was cool too, because like we had a, um, like I had some recording equipment. Um, I was like, all right, well, let's just take it over to Maddie's. And, and then Davey went and bought drum mics and, and stuff like that. Just because, you know, if we're going to have this outlet there, you know, that's the greatest thing ever because it's, even if it's just a regular, uh, just some sort of demo or something like that, it's still going to sound, you know, much better than, you know, the standard voice memo on my phone that's full of little guitar riffs and, and stupid crap like that it's yeah. you know or the pretty uh, loops drums that used to send those were, those were oh yeah what was that oh that was drum fill yeah <laughs> i just dropped the safe down the stairs yeah <laughs> <laughs> old bass cabinet down the stairs thing oh, God. my favorite fill on the bucket of fish bucket a bucket a bucket of fish bucket a bucket a bucket of fish <laughs> So you said, uh, who's doing the, the, so the fourth song, I think you said there's a music video. Who's going to shoot the mu music video? Third song Third is a uh, music video. Third song, uh, we're doing the music video with Jordan Phoenix. Okay. Uh, okay. He came up with like an incredible, incredible treatment for it. And like, in all honesty, it was the music video thing was kind of important to us because of all the, like the shows, the touring, you know, all, all the stuff that we've done over the last 10 plus years, we've never did a music video other than the one I threw together on in the back of our old touring van. Uh, you know, I, I made it with uh, old flip cam footage and made a video and put it up, but we've never done a real music video. So um, we've all been friends with Jordan Phoenix for a long time. We've all seen what he's done here with a lot of band stuff and everything. And he's awesome. Who would have thought? You know what I mean? All those years ago, meeting that long-haired dude that he'd end up being like one of the best music video guys in the city and video stuff. So he's got a really awesome idea. We're going to shoot that uh, early next month. And like, I like, I think I can safely speak for Jack and the rest of the guys. Like, I can't wait to like to see it because it's it's like it's awesome. Like, what a cool concept. We got a, a, a lot to do with it because we got to build sets and, and, and all that. So <clears throat> it's going to be interesting. I don't know what we're going to We should have a big bonfire when we're done or something because there's going to yeah. have to be some pretty uh, lengthy stuff built for it. But, uh, um, you know. Which are being built already. So, yeah, so that's the exciting part. The exciting part is, like, you know, when you think of something, you're like, man, wouldn't it be cool to have this? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then you actually it's all come to fruition. You're like, Oh, well, we've got this person to do this part and we've got the location. We've got all these parts to that are going to make this weird set pieces. Like, Oh, it's actually going to happen the way that he originally envisioned it. So I'm like stoked on it. 
Does he build the sets too, or does he just shoot it? Does he have like, working with someone else? No, we essentially, hey man, like we got to keep them costs down. Like I was like, we will do anything to like, we'll build stuff and all those things. Okay. And it just happens to be the set pieces and things that we need are just happen to be this really strange niche of things that we can acquire uh, through a couple of the guys work, which is just like, it shouldn't really be like, you shouldn't say, Hey, I need this many of this thing. And then one of the guys in the band shouldn't be able to go, Oh yeah, I got that in the warehouse right now. You're like, Oh, well you just saved us $500. So tight. <laughs> this is the storyline of inimical drive too, for anybody who doesn't know this last music yes. video they just did with Jordan. Joel would ba- yep. Joel basically went to him and said, Hey, uh, I don't have much money, but we want to do a music video. And he's like, well, I need a lot of furniture. And then Joel just spent like a year just collecting free stuff. <laughs> I can, I can, uh, you know, uh, confirm that story. <laughs> Joel has told me the same thing. And, so, and we saw the video. The video turned out great. That song right? rules. Yeah, it's awesome. The song rules in that video looks great. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. It, it is awesome. So, you- and I, I just want to say real quick on that note, I, the first time I watched the video, I started dying laughing when I saw it their guitar player, Nick, wearing aviator sunglasses in it. I was crying. <laughs> Just for anyone that doesn't know, I used to be in that band. So those guys are all like some of my closest friends. But it is just the funniest thing in the world. Whenever he came on screen, was wearing aviators. I was like, Nick, you freaking caveman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I was dying. And, and fun story is I, the first time I ever saw it, I was with Nick. And as soon as he came on screen, I looked at him. I go, really? Aviators? What the fuck? <laughs> Oh, I guess we can cut some of this, right? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So you, men- you mentioned you, you mentioned earlier that like as far as put like it's not a good idea right now to put out a full EP, like four or five songs or whatever, because you put it out and then it kind of like go it comes and goes really fast. Yeah. So are you saying that it's a not just for your fulfillment, but do you think it's important to put out a song with a music video right now? Do you think tying those two things together makes the song have more impact to people? Um, I don't know about that. I think it's just a matter of having content to put. That, that That's really our purposes about it is just to get string along as long as we can, you know, until, until we can get to actually play live. Because that's really what it comes down to is gotcha. doing, yeah. doing the live show. So um, I, the video thing... I'd love to be able to put one out with every song, but, uh, you know, I, yeah. I like a Ferrari too. So, it's, you know, it's just, it's just not, it's not realistic, you know, for everything. So we just find the, yeah. the best one that we can and, and really give that one a, a good push. Gotcha. And I would say in, in my opinion on that, <clears throat> I, I guess I can go both sides on the outside with Jack and the fact that like, at this point there's like, who knows what's right and what's wrong. Like, I mean, I do know that people have a shorter attention span. So, like, if I put out an album that we've, you know, not on purpose, but, you know, accidentally spent two years making, we put out, like, four songs just like that, people are going to not care by the time Christmas is... They're going to be like, all right, what else you guys got? So, this kind of, like, I mean, to take a page out of the Data Remember book, they've been putting out new song, one song every two, three months. We're nowhere near on the level of popularity or name recognition is that, but those guys put out like a new single and then like three months later, they put out another one. And it's, and then they're eventually, uh, I think I saw that they're going to put out the whole record in like a couple of months. So it's like, that's genius. Cause you're staying relevant during an entire year where you, nothing is relevant. 
you know? Right. <clears throat> but that said, a song and a music video, and I think Pat and I probably will agree on this because we're both nerds when it comes to, hey, man, send me this music video. I'll send you this music video. And we're like, hey, man, remember this one? Like, I think there is a certain recognition with a song and like a cool music video. Like, like I've always wanted that. Maybe, maybe it'll make my uh, art, not my, our song that's coming out in February. Maybe it'll make it cooler. Somebody be like, man, like, I don't know. They'll always like, I know I hear certain songs and I picture their music video right off the bat. Right. Like kind of those things. I don't know. I don't know if that answered the question. I'm old oh, enough yeah. to remember yeah. that when a band released a song and a video followed, the video helped me like the song more. Yes. So I put so much value on music videos still to this day. Like uh, Colt and I, I always joke uh, with Colt because I, I go on my these Spotify and streaming rants about how they're just fucking artists up the ass. And one of the things he asked me was like, well, what about music videos? Do you watch those? And I go, absolutely. It's different. It's a different it's a different piece of the song, you know? Yeah. Um, and then if I like the music video, I go buy the song, you know? Um, yeah, that's why you like Tantric Breakdown. You love that music video. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you were a big fan of Parker Fly Guitars. So, I mean, I duh. like the song Astounded better, but go on. I don't know any other Tantric We can get into a butter <laughs> conversation right now if you want. I mean, but no, I mean, for real, though, like, the video is still to me. So I'm, I'm happy for you guys, and I'm, I'll be looking forward to it. To seeing it um and it was funny as you were saying that i was thinking in my head too i was like do they have an official music video for any like i was thinking yeah. about i have an official flip cam uh video yeah, just, that just I, I love that video one. still man i don't care i love that video still you did a great job bon hey thanks man I, I was me that was me learning iMovie i'm like hey guys do you guys know you can put like vignette like filters on this yeah. like i didn't i don't even know if i had an instagram account back i didn't i don't even think instagram was a thing I didn't know what oh, filters God, were. Man. I'm like, dude, I can make this one shot black and white. Dude, it looks epic. But we're really looks... in like a coffee shop, uh, you know, restroom in Little Rock. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's that's all. I'm, I'm, I. So when are you shooting that? You said in a month, soon. Yeah, mid January. And then of. it won't come out until when? Um, that's kind of my my okay. our our plan is February. Okay. But we all know how schedules can work or not work or if something happens or who knows with honestly, with the way that our plans are, are, are wants to do and what actually happens doesn't always go the way that we want. Cause like, like I said, if, if we had our way, we would have put these songs out at the beginning of 2019. Come to, come, to, 2020. come to be, you know, to accept the fact that uh, uh, no matter what, you better be flexible at this point because it's probably not going to, or at least just don't be, don't be pissed off and, you know, surprised if your well, yeah. date gets moved or, you know, cause you gotta be logical and understanding with the current circumstances. Yeah. Now you got to get a vaccine or something to even go, you know, I, who knows? Oh, I had no idea. I would definitely assume that you'll need, vaccines do touring or anything not that not that we're trying to do touring but my other job i do tour and i would assume i'm gonna have to carry around like a a foid card or something the papers the papers <clears throat> but which is fine because whatever I, as long as you can get back to work guys yeah, you know you i don't pay, care man. i gotta pay them <clears throat> bills man so i'm gonna i'm gonna make you guys do something real quick give me your favorite moment 
you know, whether it be on stage in a studio, whatever, the, whatever's happened with Brooke Royal, give me your top <clears throat> moment or top two moments. How about, oh, hey, can I, can I, can I recommend this? Can we, and I don't, I don't know that I have an answer for the other part of this that I'm raising. Can we talk about a high and a low? Fuck yeah, do what you want. I think that would Absolutely. be funny. Like, what is that moment? Like, <laughs> I'm like asking the question, like, hey man, because I'm going to ask oh, Pat. That was a better question than mine. Why don't you just? Hey, no, straight up, <laughs> I stole that. I stole that from another podcast of another band from this city. Uh, their name starts with an S and rhymes with Story of the Year. He asked. <laughs> they asked Josh that question. It was hilarious. Just to watch him squirm. <laughs> but um, I don't know about a high moment. I mean, like, I'll tell you, mine was Scott Trade Center when we had the whole crowd say Red Wings suck. That yeah. that was. I was gonna. I was going to guess if that was yours. I'm being probably. Honest. I mean, I was just. We talked about that. Yeah. I mean, we're in that. We're in that. We're in their house. It was just like, all right, are we really going to do this? Fuck it. Let's see what they do. <laughs> yeah, I would say that. That would. I'm like. Don't get me wrong, like doing the, the arena tour with Godsmack and Stained was like well, the first few nights were dreadful because we were like, oh, my God, we're going to get eaten alive because the sound guy kept us coming out to Cemetery Gates from Pantera. Like it was our intro stage music. And those people were in Kentucky and, you know, whatever, Tennessee were like, oh, man, these boys are going to be heavy. And then we went up there and sang. <laughs> Uh, there was a couple of uh, profanities <laughs> yelled at us after the first song, and I just go, "This is going to be the longest month of our lives." Dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what I mean, like playing to an actual arena where people are like losing their minds and stuff. That would be hard to top because we were so like on it then, like we were so on our game. Like, but the, the Enterprise Center, Scott Trade Center show, like as a whole, like us going up there. Our song, there was a time was currently on the radio, so people like knew it and like they were singing it, and it's just weird to be in the place like you're sharing the stage with Papa Roach and Breaking Benjamin, like in St. Louis and in the building of of my favorite team on the planet. And then after our set, like we went and hung out with a few of the blues players and like formed friendships with them. That was just a, it's weird. That's weird. Went to work that Monday. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I got a flat. I got a yeah. flat tire. Actually, leaving that. You want to talk about a humbling experience? You know, you get done partying like, you know, a rock star and all that stuff, exactly. and you come out downtown and there's a flat tire. <laughs> it's just like, all right, man. Thanks for that. thanks for reality. Right. <laughs> thanks for that check. And then, that's happened. That's happened to me a couple times though, because we we did a show with Disturbed and it was a ho show, and I'm scraping off my Ford Escort. <laughs> And some guy walks past me in the Metrolink thing because it was at the pageant. He's like, hey, man, good show. I was like, oh, yeah, thanks, man. Like, <laughs> I'm just scraping my car because I got to go home. <laughs> yeah. well, now, now I'm trying to think of a low point, but now it's just like. I mean, I, that, I wouldn't call it a low point, but yeah. a low no, point. That's, that's not a low point. That's not a low point at all. That's a that's a reality check. That's, uh, <clears throat> let me think of a low point. I, I thought of the question, so I guess I'll try to think. Yeah, about I was going to say, you was your idea. And you <laughs> I know. What you wanted to talk about. <laughs> he didn't, didn't, he didn't plan this out completely. <laughs> it's, it's probably not even anything. Like bon, Bon's got to give himself the hardest question. Dewey Cox yeah. got to think about his whole yeah, life. I got to think about my whole life. I, gotta, I, mean, I mean, we can talk about terrible moments that I've had. But my very first show ever. Oh, God. 
actually that same show, the uh, the Ho Ho show, the Scott Trade Enterprise Center, uh, the which was the high. I would say we're both saying it's a high moment. The first note of that intro, uh, when Jack came out on stage, he knocked my wireless off. So my guitar completely cut out. So I wasn't even in the first like 45 seconds of the song and they got me back on. Then I just went out and acted like nothing happened. So it's like that moment you're like, yeah. And then as soon as I walked out on stage, Jack came out and like knocked my wireless off. And I was like not there for the first part of the song. But my very first show ever. You're welcome. <laughs> with Oil, to go along with that. My very first show was uh, Point Fest, that one over your shoulder, Pat. That was my first ever show in Brook Royal and went out on stage. The first note, I'm like, oh, jump off a box. And as I land, my strap completely snapped off. Same song that my wireless got knocked off on three months later, four months later, whatever it was. So there's a low point. Like, be like, oh, man, I'm like my first show was in front of 8,000 people. Holy crap. Like, people know who we are. Like, this is insane. Go there, strap snapped right off. <laughs> Yeah, but that turned into a high point. I think that show. Shut up, Pat. I was trying to give you an answer. To the well. I didn't want to answer. No, I, I'm not. I'm not accepting that answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, then I would say our low point would be when everything kind of. Actually, here's a low point. Coming back uh, from tour. Coming back from we did a month with Godsmack, staying in Hailstorm, did arenas. We were in a bus, our first and only bus tour. Go out there. We killed it. We hustled every night. Uh, Merch sales were awesome, which is the lifeblood of any touring band. Came home, we're like, we're doing crunching numbers. We're all like, dude, we can do this. We can actually make our bills. We can, if we're on tour, we can do this. We get home and the uh, financial part of the management kind of came in and go, all right, cool guys, thanks. And we were like, well, no, like, you know, all that merch money and everything, like, that's all ours. I didn't make a, not even a, a fucking penny. I didn't make one. I was gone for 31 days. I didn't make one fucking penny. And I was like, oh, yeah. so we can't go tour because if that money is not going to be ours, where, cause it was a, uh, Jack, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the investment part of the management, uh, invested and fronted us some money so we assumed that once that's paid off the rest of that money is ours because we're working for that they he didn't think that so we didn't get that money and in our contract i believe it said that he did get that so we kind of just got fucked oh but, the fine print so so not only did you pay back what was given to I, you I, but you didn't make anything did that. over that well it was also like as cool as it is to be in a bus, well, that yeah, is so expensive. It's five hundred dollars every day and a half just in fuel. It's two hundred fifty dollars a week for the bus drivers per diems, plus his hotels, plus you know, what I mean, yeah. all this stuff. That thing was a money guzzler. And 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 the problem is, is that we had our own trailer, we had our own van. All we really needed was somebody to just drive us so that we could sleep. That was it. Pay somebody to do that. You know, it's like. You know, it's it's <clears throat> busting is cool and all, but you know, I think it was. Well, it wasn't needed. A, it wasn't needed. It was a a big waste of money, you know, and 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 all that. And, and yeah. when we came back, they just said, you know, we're, we've exhausted all of our uh, 
our assets here. We're not going to put any more money into this. And, you know, it was just kind of like, well, you know, what the hell? And, and I was the only one that got any money because I was about to lose my house. And so the band said, instead of everybody getting this, let me pay my, my rent for my, my duplex at the time so that we weren't going to lose it. And wow. that was, it was like, holy crap, dude, you just got done playing at Bridgestone arena that was sold out. You know what I mean? And it's like, we made nothing on this at all. Like yeah. other than like yeah. cool stories, I guess, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, know. It was- we have awesome stories, but I mean, I read the breakdown, like I put it together with our tour manager and I was like, dude, like we paid back every cent, including the bus, including this, like that we were in the green for sure. 1 million percent. We were in the green to where everyone should have been able to take a chunk. Like I still, I'll have to send it to you, Jack. You'll love it. I still have the report. I still have it printed out. And I put it in a file under "fuck you." We had, I mean, that that also for us that was a that was a, a situation that that we like because you got hailstorm stained and Godsmack. Nobody is at that show to see us. They don't know who we are. They don't care. They 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 could give two fucks who you are. Right. Just hurry up and get done so we can get the hailstorm because we've heard of them. And for us, that's that was such a cool challenge because it's like, all right, we got 25 minutes to make everybody in this room remember who we are. And, and if you can't, you know, if you can't get a hold of them in 25 minutes, you know, why are we even here kind of thing? So that with that mindset, it was, it was so much fun because we would just go as hard as we possibly could. And the set was so, so tight because we had no time for breaks. Yeah, And, you know, it was, I think we got, not eight or nine song bond right remember we crammed as many as we could and that to just boom 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 and it was you know uh, a sequence of um uh so bad in fact that i had to like on some of the off dates uh, i had to tell davy to slow down in between songs because we didn't have to we didn't yeah. have to spend all that time you know to where it's like you got three seconds for you know everything was so calculated on that it was very yeah. weird we knew like what word jack was gonna say meant start that click right now and it was that's that's the part of it that was the best but also the worst because when you're like you're like all right let's keep playing shows and you're like oh we're never going to do that ever again okay i, I cool <laughs> tight we, so we would get up too early on that too they would yell at us and tell us to wait they're like you guys are supposed to be rock stars you got to sleep well we would normally go to work at our like warehouses at like 6 a.m. Yeah. So if we're, you know, if, even if you, you know, sleep or go to bed like pretty late, we still got up early. And so we just go in to try to get breakfast and they would tell us that we had to wait till like 10 o'clock to come inside because yeah. the crew needed to eat and stuff. Well, we were just <laughs> bored. Yeah. Well, it also, well, the reason you guys were all bored is because no one was any fun. Like I was the only single dude on the entire like RJ from Hailstorm and me were the only two single people in the entire tour. And not that like we got like crazy, but like he was like, he's like, hey man, like do you want to hang out? I'm like, yeah, let's hang out. Because everyone else was back on the bus talking to their significant other. And like, no, like I don't think another, I don't think a stranger ever came on our bus the entire time we were out. And I was like, only, oh, only guitar like, raffle winners. Oh yeah. And do we, did it even come <laughs> on the bus? Party. No, uh, no, they went on Chris's. <laughs> yeah. We, we even, they were on a different bus. We didn't even come on our bus. So I was like, it was like, 
I don't know, that part of it sucked for me because I was like, I don't know, like I see all, all my favorite bands have these bus parties and everybody's crazy. And Jack would even tell me stories from back in the day whenever he drum tacked. Like, I was like, man, like, oh, dude, everybody has fun and all this stuff. And like, literally, nope. <laughs> I was like, hey, oh, Bonnie, you want to watch Pearl Jam 20 again? <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys watch Foo Fighters back and forth. Yeah, that's what we were watching. Yeah. And then I'd be like, and I, get, I got you guys all into Hot Rod. That was where I, I made you guys all watch Hot Rod the first time. <laughs> but yeah, but, so that part of it was, that sucked for me because I was like, I want to, let's rage, let's party, let's hang out. No, everybody shut up. I got to talk to my wife in my bunk. I'm like, all right. We I'm also, gonna- I mean, it, it, another thing with that too was we knew what this opportunity was. So yeah. it was like, we can't be getting stupid because this, this, might not happen again and and the the hope was that that you know we were going to be able to sell so many units in so many different markets that that then that was going to boost numbers to then deal with the labels and and all that stuff like you know and that crap too so it was just it was yeah it was like and then and then we never went back to any market that we completely killed it in like so explain that real quick for the millions of listeners that we have that aren't knowledgeable on what selling units in different markets means so what, so, and that's, a, that's in, I know what you're talking about, but like, that's an added amount of pressure within itself on top yeah. of go out on stage, perform, be the band that no one knows, be the band that makes that impression. And you only have 25 minutes to do it. So elaborate on that a little bit, if you can. Well, mostly like as far as selling units, it, it, it shows that you're, you're getting more of a, um, not just a local following, so when they when they when you purchase it, it'll be sans, uh, sound scanned in there, so they know that this unit was bought. Physical units, it's how they the unit establish CD. CD, yeah. Um, and uh, so if you can get that in other markets, it's going to show up in the registers, and then the labels can see like, oh, well, these guys from St. Louis have now you know sold four thousand records in Franklin, Kentucky, or whatever it is, you know, and and things like that. So the more that spreads out, the more of um, a sellable product, if you will, that that you are to so that, uh, you know, this has more mass appeal because you're, you know, <laughs> your stuff's getting bought in this, this town and this town and this town. And the more that spreads, the, the better it is. And uh, hopefully uh, it would mean the better record deal you would get because it's, uh, yeah. you know, you've got viable content there. And, and little did we know that, you know, the labels were going away at that time. Like the yeah. whole, whenever we were like, I remember a label rep told me once when we were sitting there talking two two of the most fucked up things. Uh, one, one was we were out with Cabo and they go, man, are you guys unsigned? I go, yeah. They go, oh man, Cabo got the last great American rock deal. Everyone knows that. And I go like, okay. Didn't understand that. And the other one was, uh, I don't remember what label it was, Jack, you can, if you if we want to say it, it doesn't matter. Um, but I remember him saying something along the lines of, man, if you guys would have came out like two, two years earlier, you guys would have been huge. And I, if I recall correctly, uh, well, we were out two years earlier and you said that you couldn't sign us yet because we didn't have enough of a story. We didn't have enough of a backstory. We were just kind of out of nowhere. So I thought that was funny that it was, I believe it was the same guy that said it. And I was like, well, yeah, two years ago, you said that we couldn't be signed because we didn't have enough of a story. There was no, couldn't sell our backstory. And then two years That's later. That's a dude with a gold shirt. 
they all had gold fucking shirt. <laughs> what kind <laughs> of one, one, one of one of the dudes we went to uh they they take you to dinner and all that shit like that and and uh Davey had never been to like a really nice steakhouse <laughs> before and so I'm like I'm like I was like Davey, what are you gonna get? And he like looks at me. He goes, "I'm gonna get the 46." And I'm like, "What? This is not McDonald's. There's no numbers. Like, but there was no dollar sign on the menu. It was the <laughs> price." <laughs> and like the label guy just kind of looks. I'm like, "Dude, we eat spaghettios and drink natural light, man. Like, <laughs> we're not, you know, forgive us on yeah. that." <laughs> I want the number 46. No, that's 46 dollars. Oh. <laughs> All right. Can I get a McChicken? <laughs> yeah. I'll the combo number 45. <laughs> like it's a Chinese restaurant and they go wasn't up that it, high. Was it the same dude that uh, Kyle spilled his beer on? No. Uh, all right. No, no. That was a lawyer. <laughs> They're an entertainment lawyer. First meeting with him. Uh, and it was a banana shake. <laughs> it was a banana shake? Yeah, it was in Starbucks. He just oh, dropped it like right out of his hands and it splashed all over his pants. Something. Oh. If it was in a Starbucks, something tells me I know which lawyer you're talking about. But <laughs> yeah, probably. You, um, you know, you definitely do. He definitely yeah, does. Yeah, I know who it is. I've probably been in the same Starbucks with that lawyer. Didn't spill anything on him. But uh, back to the markets thing, really quick. I had a question. About, so, which market do you think you guys did best in? Oh, Besides okay. St. Louis, obviously. You know. So, like, what area of the country do you found that you just you made the most impact, if at all, if you even noticed? Um. I, for whatever reason, I remember Indiana was like, and now I'm basing this off of, I looked at our merch numbers and I go, oh my God, that's 25 times higher than I've ever seen us sell merch. Like it was a lot. And, but I remember Indiana for some reason, but it, Evansville. Yeah. But wasn't there somewhere else in Indiana we played too? I don't know. I don't know whatever. I know we did Evansville. Yeah. But they, but I remember there, but the Northeast was awesome to us like the whole northeast but it was also strange because we had like what were the two it was syracuse and what was the other um binghamton new york and we both it was like we played like minor league hockey arenas and stuff but like binghamton and syracuse were probably three four hours apart binghamton was like i if i recall correctly binghamton was just like on this other level, the whole floor is just bouncing the whole time, the whole show, every band. It was, it was awesome. And then the next night was in Syracuse and it was the most uncomfortable I've ever felt on a stage. Uh, they hated us. They like booed us. They booed Hailstorm. They were like yelling obscenities at Hailstorm. They were there for staying in Godsmack. That is it. But I think it had something to do with the fact that we used to come out to, um, Beastie Boys, uh, Fight for Your Right. That was like, it come on, the lights would turn out, and then we came up on stage. It was what we did every night. Well, that venue that we played in Syracuse, I believe, was the venue where the tragedy with the Beastie Boys show, where people got trampled to death like, decades ago, that was the place that it happened, and we came out to Beastie Boys, and I think people thought that we were being yeah, very... Shitheads. Active and shitheads uh, and i remember i remember we had no idea <laughs> we didn't know we didn't know we were. Secu- some secu- some local like, crew yeah. or something told us a security guard came up to me like man that was a bold choice i was like what do you mean he goes coming out to beastie boys i was like why they go this is where that like people got trampled to death here and i was like oh <laughs> my god so that's why we we say that syracuse didn't like us because of that but they might have just actually hated us because my voice was pretty crappy at that show too well, we were getting pretty rough at that end. Well, you said they were. But, you said they were booing Hailstorm too, though. So it wasn't just you guys. 
Sometimes, well, man, it's, it's yeah. still, I mean, the hardest show I've ever played crowd for has still been The Urge because those really? fans want to see The Urge. And yeah. That's it. And so it's, I mean, it took, I mean, just kept coming. I mean, of all the shows that we've played where it's like, okay, we don't, you know, I yeah. don't know, you know what I mean? It's that, that was probably the hardest because it took until I, I had to walk out into the crowd and stuff to get them to finally start reacting, yeah. you know, and. Once once we did that, it was okay. But man, it took like six songs, I and mean, we was like, "Well, we only got two left now." So <laughs> yeah, I, I think I remember a dude come up to me going, "Man, I came into this thinking I was going to just hate you guys so much, and I just didn't want to give you." He goes, "But y'all was badass." I go, <laughs> "Hey, thanks, man. You want to play that motherfucking urge shit now? Let's thanks go. For not <laughs> throwing shit at me." <laughs> yeah, did you guys, did you say play that motherfucking urge shit on stage, Jack? Fuck yeah, I did. Yeah, I did a thousand times. I, I waited a long time. Like, yeah, That's the first thing I said. <laughs> I was like, I've waited a really long time to say this. <laughs> and, and, and it was great. I was told, actually, I think it was RPK. He came up to me after we got done playing for them. And he goes, dude, I can't you. Dude, that was a success. They didn't throw anything at you. And then <laughs> no one booed. He's like, I was out in the middle. No one booed. I was like, oh, cool. I guess that's an accomplishment. And I was like, fun. Whatever. They didn't react negatively. Or positively. <laughs> well, yeah. dude, and we played like our show too. The opening band was the Gorge, and they're badass hardcore. And I, but I was like, oh my god, I'm so like I'm so excited because I this is this is badass St. Louis hardcore, and this crowd, I don't know what's. I mean, I just and they they didn't boo or anything like that. It was just you could tell that it was a little heavier than what most of those people liked, and I I was loving it because I it was so it was so good. I mean, that drummer's like a jazz drummer and it's just it's it's sick, but um they're really good. Um they were they were cool as shit and and uh and thankfully the crowd like cuz I I think one of the shows earlier had the dude uh, in Fragile was in the band and I guess the crowd didn't realize that and they were not liking that the the set very much and it was just like god man it's this that crowd is tough <laughs> was it was this a pageant show yeah, yeah. Oh, okay it was whenever the urge would do like three Four nights in a row yeah gotcha and then it, it would always like throw a bone to one of us local bands yeah. i know uh killer me killer you did it fivefold guys did it once yeah well, i was at one of the fivefold shows when they opened up yeah and i think was the uh was the urge for you guys was that before or after you played, and I, the, the the name of the fucking band is escaping me, escaping me. But I know you'll know where they had to borrow Dave's bass drum. That, that was, was with My Chemical Romance, and My that was Middle Romance. Class Rut. Yes, and Middle Class Jeez. Rut. And I thought that we were before or after the Urge show. It was that. I don't remember. I think that was after because that okay. was a ho ho show. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember you being especially fiery on stage for that show, Jack. For whatever reason, the which one? The the one where the, the one where Dave had to lend the dude his his snare drum. Uh, oh, I thought that was stage. I thought we just sounded awesome. I, if yeah. I no, no, yeah, for sure. No, it I, I, I meant fiery like you were on, like you were just going crazy on stage. Oh, and, oh okay. that was yeah, always one like, So I just remember moments for you guys. So we thought. I mean, I think we initially kind of thought that, like, okay, I hope we go over, we go over well with the MyChem crowd, but. uh um yeah it was it was great like yeah, it, I thought it was and those, the mike him guys were so so cool and yeah. uh the Can't middle class rut guys were not but um and the uh but the mike him guys i mean even they like 
you know, when middle class rut broke that thing and Davey just immediately runs out to the, the trailer, pulls everything out to get this guy's, <laughs> this thing is the kick drum. The trailer. They're like the Mike Kim guys are just like, you know, that's, you know, good karma kind of thing. And that dude, like <laughs> he goes, Oh, that was your drum. I wouldn't have done that. We're like, what? Okay, <laughs> wow, I, bud. I was standing, it was Davey and I were standing next to each other and he comes off stage and goes, Oh, is that yours? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, I never done the same thing myself and walked away from us. And I was like, Let's do it. And then the thing thing I remember most about that moment is poor little Dave walking his his bass drum across the stage with this mortified look on his face. And everybody's kind of going, Who's that guy? And what's he doing? Oh, wait, is that? And you could hear people go, Wait, is that the drummer from the band that just played? You know, like all that chatter amongst the crowd. And then he does it and he he does it with like a smile on his face. I, I was like, Dude, and I'll be honest, I probably wouldn't have done it either. Just because of that, you never know how the guy's going to react. Because in my brain, I'm such a, an asshole. I'm thinking, if this guy doesn't fucking thank me, I'm going to flip out. And sure enough, that's what happened, you know? Yep. I, I, I don't know. I think it was just, that was more of a reaction of, oh, crap, his stuff broke. Kind of well, local think, show kind of stuff. I see somebody drop yeah, their yeah, strap. Yeah. We'll go running up to the stage to try to help him out as I fast as we say can. One of, the, one of the pageant crew, I think it was Adrian asked me like dude hey the kick drum just blew out like the drummer just blew out can we borrow your kick drum and i was like go ask davy and then went and asked him and i think that's when he did it i think one of the local hands asked us and then they did it and then it was met with great appreciation to the point where me of all people wanted to like break a bottle on his head like i was like dude let's roll like we're not gonna uh, get- it was just that it was weird dude so, like every uh-huh. time i'd seen we played with him a couple times and they would like they just like talk shit to the crowd and stuff. It's like, what? Yeah, it's like, he was like, hey, maybe on this last song, you can move something other than your eyes. We're like, yeah. What, like, hey, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> like, or one of you them. Just, you got paid a lot of money to fly in and play this show, and you're kind of. Kind yeah, of they're, like, they're like, man, you guys are pretty lame. Kansas City was awesome, though. And I was yeah. like, jeez. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that was real. Those were all statements. Like, you're saying this on a radio station, it's like radio show. Like, <laughs> the reason you're here is because of this radio station and you're like I'm like okay man like I, 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 I wonder story cool. do you know what we're talking about no I don't who is this as far as, so needless to say so this is a band also where the bass drum the ba- the drummer blew out his bass drum but then instead of like continuing to play or signaling to someone like hey I'm gonna need help he threw his bass drum across the stage and then pouted like a six-year-old about it nice until, oh that's right until Dave their drummer walks up his bass drum and goes, here you go. And he, he still continued to pout. And I think he even said, didn't he say into the mic, like this bass drum has been a bitch to me for the last blah, 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 blah. And he was like st- literally stomping around like a little yeah. kid would that didn't get more birthday cake or something. Like I was yeah. just like, Oh my God. Weird. <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch a single note of their set at all, except for the very, uh, so I guess I heard the end note cause I was going to help Dave put away the kick drum. And that was the only part of their set. I, I mean, just, what do you what do you think uh, causes them to act like that? Is it like certain cities? Maybe they've had bad experiences in the past, or they just feel like they're on another level and they look down on people. Yeah, yeah, they're pro- they're probably mad that you know I don't know because we moved on stage or something. Who knows? <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. Have, you, know. have people, you have you have you have you guys had a lot? Of, have you guys had a lot of other moments like that with bands that you look up to or anything where it just was not what you expected? Like you just it. Not anybody that I've ever looked up to. I've had bad experiences with like two bands ever. 
and okay. we've named one of the two. Gotcha. And the other band doesn't even, it's not even a band anymore. Okay. Or if they are, good for them. But I would say for me, it was always, I, it was never had, the veterans. It was always no. baby bands that were yep. just one step above where we were at. And it was like, dude, you were doing the same shit we were doing right. last yep. year. Like, you have a label. Why are you acting like this, man? Like, you know, yep. the other one, you're talking about New Year's Eve? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, generally get like mad enough to where i'm gonna be like you know all right let's go but i mean the the, the guy was being ridiculous so and he didn't want to move he didn't want to move his keyboards and shit and we're just like there was 45 minute changeover in between us and them and he didn't read his day sheet so he didn't know that apparently he he told me all this in an elevator when he got stuck in an elevator with me and had to like look at me in the eyes and be like Hey man, I, I'm really sorry. I go, are you? That's cool. And then he, I, I was like, he's like, well, it's just a really rare keyboard. I go, I don't care. Look, you, like, you, move, you move your stuff. Does it unplug? How'd you get it here? Oh, you unplugged and moved it. Well, then move it. Be kind to someone else. It's not that hard. Like, like you're just on tour. It goes up and gets torn down every day. We're all. No one's touring on New Year's Eve. You flew in for this, and just like we came in for this. Like, don't act like. That's the thing. Like. Just because you have a label behind us doesn't mean you're any bigger than anybody else. Just, just be cool, man. Hey, bitch, be cool, man. That's all it was. It was like this. This is. I was like, what? I'm yeah. like, okay. That was. A he bump. was standing up there, and I was starting. I'm like, why wouldn't? Why wouldn't you do this? Like, you know, what the hell? Like, that's. There's so much time. Are you? Do you just? I don't know. I don't know. And and yeah. I was it's just. Smart. I was getting more and more heated. Where I'm like, this is like, this is completely ignorant like we would absolutely do this for anybody i mean you know what i mean and then you do like vans like the veer union where we don't have enough room on stage and they let us use their backline they've never met us once in their entire life and yeah. they're just like here why don't you guys use our backline so that, that you have more room because otherwise we weren't going to fit on that stage in, in was, yeah. wasn't that a, you know what oh, i mean okay. didn't you have that it, was it you that had that uh same scenario at pops at one point where you were pushed too far to the end Maybe mm. maybe it wasn't Brook Royal I'm thinking of then. I remember uh, a Nimical. May, okay, had, maybe uh, it's a Nimical then. Uh, I I remember they had they were opening. I don't remember who they were opening for, but opening for somebody. They had so much stuff on their said They were like saying, "Oh, the opening band can just play on the floor." Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah, I I want to I want to say it was red. That sounds right. Okay, that sounds right because red had. Um, a full pageant stage plot. They had like two, <laughs> had like two standbys worth of like stage stuff. That was when that was. I worked at Pops then. Okay. That was that side hustle, bro. <laughs> well, speaking Slash of main hustle. Speaking of Pops, you mentioned a little earlier about the local show that you guys did. I mean, what can you? How exciting was that show compared to going on tour and doing shows with other things? Or can you compare it? Or because I know, like that was a, kind of like a statement for Brook Royal, right? It was like bringing these local sh- these local bands in and saying, "You can sell out pops. We can do this. You just have to put in the hustle right. to do it." Yeah, I mean, I think it was more nervous than anything else when it came to that because we're like, "Oh my God, we've been talking to talk. Like- let's <laughs> let's see if this if this really is going to happen." You know, to to be able to. You know, we believe in our, you know, hearts that obviously any band, you know, with the, with the right bill, you can you can sell out pops. It's totally yeah. a, a, a tangible thing you can do. But um, at the same time, it was like, oh man, like if it doesn't go the way that we want, and we've just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, we we've been of... preaching this shit, and it's like, go away, old dudes. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, 
We, uh, I think, especially for that one, I think once the first week went through and we actually saw that there was like a lot of tickets moved, we were like, oh, and I will say personally, that's probably one of the most fun Brook Royal show or any show that I ever played because it was, it was probably the first time I like, I was ever like, like, man, I don't care. I'm just here to play a show. Like, I'm not worried about the lineup. I'm not like tour managing the show. I'm not making sure tickets are settled. I'm not doing any of the stuff. Like I literally said to pops, I go, Hey, can I get 90 Bush beers for the back room? And can I get a whole bunch of wristbands? And I want every one of my friends to be back here and partying. And they just said, yes. What else do you want? I said, Jameson and Captain Morgan. They said, what else? And I was like, I don't think we need anything else. I won't be able to walk on stage. I'll take some brisket from Sawmill. (laughs) But dude, I mean, like, I would say that's exactly what it was. Like my mom even still talks about that show to me because that was the first time my mom ever came like backstage and like while a party was going on and my mom has like zero tolerance. So she like looks at a glass of wine and she's hammered. (laughs) So I brought her backstage and I was like, mom, these are all my other friends that you don't know. And she went through and hugged 25 strangers one at a time and was like, Oh, I know. Um, all right, mom, you need to get out of here. You're way too drunk to party back here. It's not, it's not like Jan. Jan can hang. I'm talking about Pat's mom. Yeah. She can hang, but my mom cannot hang. Yeah. So, but, you know, that was, that was one that, like, that show was, like, you know, to have, like, all of our family, all our friends, like, we we're all partying back there. And then I was like, oh, my God, we got to go on. And then we go on, and the crowd was awesome. And it was a sold-out show, and we actually had cool lights and stuff. I don't know. It's so made, weird playing, feel real good. playing late though. Like we, yeah. I mean, we we were used to, uh, especially, um, you know, with those a lot of the all of the tours actually, uh, you know, we're playing and it's still daylight out. You know, it's it's you know, so to, to sit there and wait around and it's just like, okay, like well, don't go on yeah. for another hour and a half still. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a catch twenty two because I'm like, man. Yeah if I could have three less bands on the show, nothing against any of those bands. Cause they're all friends of ours, but Oh man, it'd be so great to have like a three band bill, but then half those people wouldn't have showed up. <laughs> so it's <laughs> right, like, yeah, you're sacrificing bodies in the door for more bands kind of Society. thing. Which, yeah. Yeah. Because I really love that we added a uh, scrub to that show too, because um, it was such a cool thing that I think he, I, I felt like he he needed to be playing with more of an alternative crowd and stuff right. like that because he's so good and and it clearly would appeal to that market so um it was cool that that uh to get him on that because he fit and a lot of people that were our crowd had no idea who he was too right. and i was just like we told you this this well, dude's something that's, else that's the point of all of it that's why like killer me killer you and brookwell played shows all the time back in the day like we wanted our crowds to like their music and vice versa so they could steal our fans and we could steal their fans not steal them but right gain gain them right and that was the goal of all of it well there's to- from what i've seen just over podcasting over the past couple of years is that there's there's some like line between the music in st louis like there's a this there's this crowd and there's this crowd and there's not a whole lot of People from each say, side stepping over that line to to do shows together and stuff like that. But I'm really glad. I love Scrub, so I'm really glad that he got that notoriety through, you know, that, yeah, the other side. I, I think we kind of made a point of that. We wanted like 
a band from kind of every genre. Yeah. I'll be honest. I don't remember who all was on that show. I can I can tell you because I'm looking at the poster. Scrub, Dang, tell me. Scrub, City of Parks, Common Jones, Inimical Discrepancies, and Brook Royal. That's way too many bands on a show. <laughs> but that, but but like you said, that's every genre. Yeah, I, I think that it's what we set out to do. Fuck, I forgot all those bands were on it. I feel bad. I'm <laughs> one a bad friend. Well, that and also it was it was enough to where um, we knew each one of those bands so that like you know when we had we had the big meeting at Fraley's um you know explained all that to where it was going to make it, it was going to make it uh, a little bit easier to um push it you know where it's not going to be like hey here's your tickets hope you, you see you the night of the show like it was you know no we can actually communicate and be talking and be like where you at like you know i started getting in a meme war with fat beats and and, and you know all st- stupid crap like that like Fucking nerds just uh you know going like hey, just keep to make it go fun keep... it's you know i mean <laughs> would you fall over <laughs> he tripped over his pajama pants <laughs> at least he has pants on that's yeah, true that's <laughs> yeah I, I i was actually thinking about that lineup too for some reason i thought I think it was after the fact. I thought Fivefold was on that for some reason. I was just but, thinking that a while ago too, but I guess not. But so I, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, Jack, because I was on a different episode. Colt was asking me about, I guess, like <clears throat> competition in St. Louis and bands playing shows together. And I think we were talking about how, I mean, you and I, you know, I, this is going to, I'm not trying to age you, but I'm sorry, I will. I mean, I, I was a teenager going to watch <laughs> you play shows mm-hmm. and I was telling Colt, just remembering back to that, like it just felt like such a cool experience. And like, everyone was a fucking family and like everyone worked for the same goal. And it's like, we want as many people here as possible, this and that. And then once I finally found myself being in a band and playing shows, something had changed to where it was like, now we're in competition with each other until I got the the opportunity to play with, someone like yourself or other people. And I was telling him, well, he was like, why, why is it like that? And I go, I think some bands just playing had so much integrity that they didn't want another band's crowd to be at their shows. It was almost like we're the band. So the people should just organically be here, you know? And I don't know if I'm explaining that uh, eloquently enough, but so like, I was just trying to explain that to him, like that dynamic of when I started going to shows, it felt like such a family then I started playing shows and there would literally be bands that would be like, I can't, I'm not going to play with you. And then if they did, they wouldn't sell tickets. And it was almost like out of spite, you know? And then I remember when I finally played a show with you, you and I were texting back and forth and you were, you know, you and I weren't buddies by any means, but you're, you were, <laughs> you're basically like, Hey man, how many tickets do you think you guys can sell? And I was like, giving you numbers. And you're like, really? You think that much? And I'm like, well, I want there to be as many people at the show as possible. And I think your response, I don't remember exactly what, but I think you were like, oh, he gets it. So I'm going to leave you alone, essentially. Like, <laughs> I, don't need to, I don't need to ask you anymore about selling tickets. Like, uh, I mean, so I'm the, just trying to explain that to him. And it's, I don't know if you can elaborate on it more than I just did or better, but I don't know. Well, we we uh, often got told that we were selling ourselves short with the $5 ticket prices, but realistically we didn't really give a shit about that we wanted the ticket prices to be as low as possible yeah. um so that 
it was about getting people through the door. It had nothing to do with, oh, you know, yeah, we sure we could make maybe maybe three more grand or something if we decided to do a a twelve dollar ticket. But for one, we we're kind of like, well, who the hell are we to be charging that much? And two, it was just like, well, this is working. We're like we're getting six hundred people, then eight hundred people, then nine hundred people. Like, and it's like this is you know why why mess with this? Let's just see how far we can take this. Broke. And then, and, and then, and then go from there, you know, it's pops is treating us well. Um, you know, we're, we're not asking for a guarantee. We're just, we're saying this is what it is. And we, you're going to make this much money off a ticket. And, uh, a lot of times in the meetings, I would tell people, I was like, you don't have to sell tickets, but you probably won't ever play with us again because we expect you to hustle like we do. And we're going to be out at this show, this show, this show, this show, this show, and this show. This is our number. Come with us. Come hang out with us. This is, we'll drink beers and we'll hand out and do all this stuff. And it's, you know, it's, it's the ones that, that want to work and, and beat the streets like that a little bit are the ones that ended up, we played the most shows with and stuff like that because it was, and ultimately why we all became such good friends because we were hanging out, you know, Constantly, yeah. That's and why we were we everywhere at the beginning. Shows with your band, Pat. What's that? So that's why we only played like forty-seven shows with your band. Yeah. <laughs> would you Would no, you consider Pops Brook Royals like home base? I mean, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's I always I always tell Rich from Pops. Shout out Rich Donald. I always tell him I'm like, hey man, you keep fucking around. I was like, I'm gonna take these shows somewhere else. I don't, <laughs> I don't need. <laughs> I just didn't know if there were some of those older venues that aren't around anymore that you might have may have considered home base instead. No, it was I mean, really more of a growth thing. Bands. Yeah, I mean, I, we had kind of, um, we'd kind of outgrown what uh, any of the older ones that that would have been around. Um, you know, that was the good thing about was Pops is that it was a big capacity and 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 the goal was to fill the room so um you know we did there was a couple of times when things were rocking and rolling we'd announce a a pop-up show at noon and and in this tiny little bar on main street st charles or something like that and you know 300 people would show up and it was you know so it was it's needed a bigger bigger venue to to hopefully fill the room so right yeah Bon, bon, you said you went to the inimical show. How is Red Flag pretty neat? The new venue yeah, that's up. I was quarantined. I'm not anywhere. Oh, my bad. <laughs> um, what, what was your question? I'm so sorry. I was just I, well. Red Flag just opened, so I'm just curious on how, if the venue is pretty sweet. Yeah, dude, it's a great venue. I mean, it's top of the line and everything. It's it looks. I, I think I said this to a couple people that worked there. I was like, it reminds me of like. 50 other venues in the country not in a bad way but it's like oh man this seems like every like a bunch of venues that i've been to in other areas that are like badass venues and everything but um i had been given a kind of a sneak peek preview of that place before that show but it's cool man like i mean obviously it's not like a real show it was it was just weird yeah it's weird being out and about uh you know, signing waivers, getting your temperature taken, like to go. Like, I, oh, I, that I, part of it. I was going to say, I was like, we've all played to 10% capacity <laughs> plenty of times, man. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, no stranger with that. To do it. No. Um, I didn't but, 
Yeah, I'm talking. I'm gonna piss. Yeah. Well, let me make fun of your pants, Pat. <laughs> Aren't you guys talking shit? Well, don't say. Hey, don't. You don't want me to wear pajamas? These are my work pants. What are you talking about? <laughs> These days, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to see me from down there. Uh, but yeah, the I, I don't know, man. The, it's weird, personally. Me, nothing against anyone doing shows or anything. It's too soon for me. It's weird. I I worked the show as far as like I just teched for an emical. Uh It's just, it's weird. It's just weird. Shows are weird, so it's kind of a. I, I would I would say it's a bad um, example for me to give, or an unfair example for me to say. Like, like as badly as like, we want to play shows, and you have yeah. no idea how badly we do. Uh, uh, it's just if somebody were to get hurt, right. you know what I mean. We, we we wouldn't want to do that to exactly. anybody, and and you know. Um, I don't want to be known as a super spreader band. <laughs> and also, I mean, to be honest, it. it you know, not that we haven't done the 10% capacity crowds before. It's, it's, you know, it's totally doable, but we, we want that energy of a crowd in there. And it's, it's, you know, with being yep. more of a, an active band, you know, yeah. it's, that's, well, I mean, it's just people are sitting down, like you can't stand up, can't come near the stage. Oh, okay. Which again, again, like doing it the right way the safest way that if you're going to do it, I'm assuming they did it the safest way possible. Right. Cause obviously you're trying to obey laws and you know, why wouldn't you? They're not assholes. Um, but it, you know, like I said, the venue is awesome. It's unfair for me to say, because it wasn't like a packed show. Like I'm really excited to see like a big show there when everything kind of starts back up in 2029. Like I'm well, really excited know- for 20, 2030 is going to be a big year for music. <laughs> yeah. It's really, well, it's it, coming it, back finally. Yeah, it's weird. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to envision what it looks like getting back to the big crowds and everything. And I'm sure it's going to be like, okay, we're temp, temp, we can do 10% capacity right now. Now we can do, we're going to up it to 20%. Then we're going to up it to 30% or whatever up until we're back to normal. And it just seems so like, pretty- like Bon, I think you said uh, you're hoping by the end of the summer next year we can do shows again. But I'm like, man, six months really isn't that far away. To think that we can yeah, do I'll that. Be um, end of summer is when I'm hoping to like do international tours. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm kind of talking about. I gotcha. I don't think anything's going to happen here until 2022. I gotcha. <clears throat> I don't. I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I don't have. <laughs> <You're>, any, <laughs> but I'm just trying to say, like, logically, it doesn't really seem like we we don't seem like all on the same page. If you know what I'm saying, I get as it. far as our entire country <laughs> <laughs> on anything, you know, I can't imagine uh, shows just being like, "All right, hey man, it's cool now, right? Everything's fine." Well, people, yeah, we, think we, that we it's killed fine? the we killed yeah. the lead vampire, so everybody else is cured. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's pretty much what it is. You got to take out, you got to take out Dracula, take out his minions. <laughs> How many times, man? You got to take out the queen. <clears throat> Take out the queen, take out the hive, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, but either way, to go back about Red Flag, Red Flag will be an awesome venue. It's awesome that we have so many dope things like Delmar Hall and the pageant are like, I mean, some of the best venues I've ever been to in the entire world. I sometimes forget, I sometimes forget that Delmar Hall exists. 
And and I and it's not because I'm I'm not saying that like I'm being an asshole. I'm just saying like I forget that I've been there and how much I like it. You know what I mean? Because it's one of the newer ones, and you know they. It's just like I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, no, I'm with, dude. It's that venue is awesome. I just I love it. Uh, I I'm just I'm getting old and I'm old and bitter, and I don't want to stand around people, and I want to stand by myself and listen to it how I want to listen to it, and kind of why I like it. Anybody like so I just get. I like venues where I can hide. Yeah, well, Delmar's good because you can go right next door to Nudo and <laughs> eat your ass off in there. Yeah, give me them crab rangoons. I remember, I remember at the the, the Amalong show there. Um, I spent the majority of the show in back with you know you guys, like all my friends, you know. Yeah, and I went down on the floor to watch Westcott because that's just nostalgia yeah. for me. Like they're you know. And so I remember being down there and I was like singing the songs. And I remember there were a lot of newer people there that didn't either know who Westcott was or whatever. And everyone was so close to me. I was like, God, I used to do this all the time, like be yeah. down on a floor in the middle of all the shit. And I was like, I feel so uncomfortable. I stayed yep. for one song and I went right back up to the, to the top of the venue. I was like, I just felt, I, I don't know why I felt so, it just, it made me feel so uncomfortable. I'm with you. I did the same thing. Um, Obviously, you know, Thrice is my favorite band. I went down. I was like, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to get a shot of Jameson, grab a Bush beer, and I'm going to go down. I'm going to sing all the songs. And I went down all the way down to, uh, I think it was it was at that Disrupt Fest, which was a huge success everywhere across the country is what I heard. No, it wasn't. There was like 2,000 people at the amphitheater. Disrupt Fest? Who else yeah. was on that? That was like the used, this was last summer. It was like used, wow. thrice, Atreyu, like Circa, all like my favorite bands. Like, yeah, all awesome bands. Did, did Wait, well? is, yeah, is that the one that came through uh, Hollywood and was like, yeah. they, cu- they cut off most of the venue because they didn't have very they, many people? Uh, they pretty, yeah, they yeah. shut down the lawn. Yeah. They, well, apparently it wasn't just St. Louis, that was everywhere. But the big problem is whenever you have, dude, there were so many big shows that came through, there were so many big tours that all these, uh, like the other tours, like, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, yeah. Like these bands are probably worth 3000 people a piece. Like, you know, the, I'm, I don't know all these things, but it's like used worth 3000 thrice worth 3000 people. Just in this, when you add that all together, you're like, Oh man, it's going to be like a warp tour. It's going to be like 12,000 people here. And I think the fact that it was like, you know, th- all those tours were booked on the same routing. So, these huge tours were following each other. So it's like, you're picking and choosing like, do I want to see Slipknot or do I want to see Atreyu and thrice? Or do I want to see breaking Benjamin or whatever shine down or five finger death cunt on or whatever. <laughs> <clears throat> so that's how you really feel. Oh, <laughs> uh, Oh, whatever. this is a fun name. I it would name a, a band that it is, good, it is a really good. fucking name. <laughs> it, It's a great band name. I figured death kind. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know those dudes. They ain't gonna watch this. You know Moto Grader though. No, you're right. Hey, you're right. And uh, you know, Moto Grader ain't no unloco. That's true. We're gonna true. We can dive in. And, and, neither, and neither one are Factory Eighty One. So yeah, I feel like as I've gotten older, I have definitely um, gotten ADHD. Like, I, I don't remember what we were talking about in the beginning of it. I don't know if I'm hanging out with Ryan Phillips too much and it's wore off on me or what, but I really don't even know how we even got to the point of that 
oh, we're talking about people down in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I caught myself. Hey, long story short. Yeah, I got drunk. I went down and I sang like five songs. And then I started talking. To, someone started talking to me and I got really annoyed and I walked away. <laughs> yeah, I don't go down in the crowd anymore. Yeah. I don't just purely because if I, if I walk through. Um, you can't fit through because the dick's so big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Swing it this way. No, most of the time I, I don't want to, um, especially if we have to play, I have to like audibly change my voice to speak louder in the, in the crowd. And I'll, I've blown out my voice doing that. So I just stay in the back and, and, and that's yeah. that, that, you know, I just don't want to talk, but I mean, I, I'm not saying that I, you know, yeah, I might not want to talk to anybody as well, but <laughs> for the most part, I stay away just cause I just, you know, I don't what scream annoying. over people annoys me more than anything is going to a concert like a band that i actually truly want to see and i want to enjoy and people that talk to me during it and i just i mean someone one of my favorite bands in the whole world is jimmy world i love that band and i had someone sitting like i was sitting in a box at the amphitheater i was like oh my god i was right next to the soundboard it sounded so good i was sitting there i was like yeah and I had someone literally right here being like, oh, my God, I love this song. This and this and this. I remember one time and I just looked at my eyes and go, did you come here to talk to me or watch the fucking show? Shut up. <laughs> and then I felt bad. So then I went and bought him a beer. So it was like a $9. It cost me $9 <laughs> for him to talk to me. And I missed an entire song. I was so mad. Do you, do you remember when we were at the Incubus show at uh, Hollywood? And we were in one of those boxes and we had a chatty Cathy trying to talk to both of us the entire fucking show. And so then I'm like, all right, when Incubus gets on stage, this has to end, right? Like, clearly this person's here to see Incubus, right? Sure enough, just continue. So we kept, rather than us, like, I guess neither one of us had enough beers in us or something. Neither one of us would just be like, hey, hey, could you stop? We're trying to. So we just kept moving. And we yep. just kept doing a squared circle around this box, and the dude just kept following us. I was like, my God. <sighs> I was waiting for Bond, and I guess Bond was waiting for me to be like, hey, shut the fuck up, man. Like, <laughs> I was waiting for you to say never it. happened. Because everyone, everyone already thinks that you're a dick, Pat. Everyone thinks I'm nice, but I'm really mean. <laughs> yeah. What's up with that? I'm just kidding. He was a bartender, <laughs> Pat. That's what it was. He was, dude, was. He was bartending room. He was everything. very, very. Uh, very polite and then he became a bartender and was just over people's bullshit that was the that's the switch 100 percent. i mean <laughs> oh, well, yeah well yeah i would definitely say that bartending having a bartend which i made great money and everything but just you just see the ugly in people like i hated every moment of bartending people talking down to you because someone accidentally didn't put enough ketchup on it or someone not on purpose or spitefully didn't put your ranch dressing and sitting in the window like hey man Calm down. Oh, then you're going to not pay me my tip because the beer didn't taste right. And I gave you another one that you liked. I don't, people are weird. Bartending <laughs> made me hate everything just because you just, because I didn't drink when I bartended. So it was like, oh, I got you good face. You just see, have, well, we, we had different bars going. I know oh, yeah. I would be shit faced if I had to work at that bar. You worked at too. <laughs> but yeah, like, I'm, 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 I love everybody if I know you. And it's just as I've gotten older, I'm like, well, I don't, I'm all friended up. I don't think I need any more friends. <laughs> yeah, I got a one out, one in kind of thing. Like, I'm going to have to cut Jack out. 
for Colt to want me to be friends with his wife. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I remember, I, when, I, love you, I remember when you became I a bartender, I remember thinking like, oh, that's the perfect job for Bond because everyone knows Bond and Bond knows everyone. And Bond's like the lovable, the fun loving social dude. Yeah. And I remember coming up to see you bartend and I was like, oh no, I don't know if he likes that part of it. I think, I think like there's, there's a disconnect here. Like, um, it, I always hated fucking bartending. I thought you would be like my wife. She still to this day wishes she could just be a bartender rather than have a real job. Like she loved it. I was like, you're nuts. Also, you have tits. So <laughs> I didn't have to. All right. Um, I'm not going to talk about your wife like that, but I'm like, um, yeah. I don't look like your wife. So she, yeah, she can go in there and be drunk and be loud and tell people to fuck off like she does, even when she's not bartending. And they're still going to pay her money. If I tell them to fuck off, I'm going to get a Yelp review and reprimanded by my manager and me going, hey, who fucking cares? The guy was a dick. Like, well, you got to be nice to him. Why? Why do <laughs> I have to really get a bad Yelp review? Review? Um, no, I think someone, the only time anyone really chirped at me, like left like a note, wrote on the back of his receipt, this is the worst service I've ever had. This guy treated me. And you know what it was? Literally, this is real. Because I remember exactly what it was. <laughs> He's like, hey, man, can I get a burger and some Brussels sprouts and blah, blah, blah. I was like, cool, man. And his burger came up first because he didn't ask for anything. He ordered it in that order. And I was like, hey, man, burger came up first, whatever. And he's just like, well, like, can I get my appetizer first? I was like, what What do you What do you mean? Like, you didn't ask? Like, he was just like, where are my Brussels sprouts? I was like, oh, they'll be up in just a second. And he's like, well, can you just put my food back under the lamp? I was like. Like, mind you, 150 people at the bar, all these things. I'm like, boom, boom, boom. I'm the only bartender. And I just go, I looked at him with this face right here. I just go, okay. And I took it back. And then five minutes later, he's like, well, you don't have to be a dick about it. I go, what? <laughs> I go, you're mad because your food came up in a different, in the order that you ordered it? And he's like, well, I wanted it as an appetizer. Well, you didn't tell me that, dude. Like, how am I supposed to know that? You how you should know that I don't want onions on my burger. <laughs> Why do you sound like Kevin from the office? Uh, guess okay. Me me say little word, mean more, faster. They see. They see. They see. You know? Anyways. I don't know what we see. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> He's lost yeah. Let's you guys are calling about bartending. It was on purpose. We wanted to yeah. see the side of you one more time. I know. I don't like to be mean. Like that's my. I don't like to be mad. I don't understand why anyone wants to live that way. Like I agree. Even considering the fact, like I've lost all of my income this entire year. My whole year fucked from March on. Like I'm, I'm so poor. It's hilarious to me. Like how poor I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like other people that are like, have like families and all these jobs and stuff are so mad. I'm like, what are you so mad about? Like, be happy. It's way it's way more fun to be happy than it is to be a dickhead. That's why we need shows. Sometimes people need to be reminded with with the things that they enjoy. And honestly, like I'm I'm not believe me, I've dealt with those people too, and I'm not sticking up for oh, them. Yes. But if they had the benefit of being able to spontaneously do those things, they probably wouldn't be such shits. But I get it. I'm with you. I'm and with people you. people like to be unhappy because they want. You know, that's sexier to be the angry person. There, there are some people that would just rather be unhappy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Bunch, bunch of fingers. <laughs> finger Tell them, F-E-N-G-A. Fanga. Fanga. Sorry, yeah. Remember when we talked about music? 
<laughs> what kind of podcast is this? This is just it's a bullshit just a, podcast. It's, just a, it's, a, it's a lifestyle podcast. I don't, I don't like that at all. I knew you would have podcast? Lifestyle podcast? <laughs> you know what I don't like about this? Is that Colt's not talking enough for me. I feel like yeah. you're just watching me with your Ryan Cheney <laughs> shirt and like your inimical drive hat. His, his fresh like ass that. inimical I, drive flat bill and his fresh yeah. fade underneath it. That's right. You like that? Yeah. I, do, I do like uh, Cheney. Like a different person. Shirt, though. Can you move a little bit to your left? Um, I don't. I want to see the shirt. Is what I'm trying to say, dude. Uh, look at that. Can, can you see that? Yeah, look at that ZZ Top looking motherfucker. <laughs> I love you. Hey, shout out! Ryan shout Schenker. out that new song, Lion. It's dope. It looks like Hipster Heisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> Have you seen this man? I just finished that series for the very first time ever. Jeez. What? I had never seen it. Wow! What is and it? Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, I've never. Yeah, I know. It was. We'll it was really that. good. Haven't seen it. I've watched the first four episodes of season one. I didn't hate it, but I'm trying to bring myself to go back to it, and I just haven't yet. The show that I started watching that it was really good. Not that this has anything to do with music, but uh, it was Shameless. No, it's a lifestyle podcast. Shameless. Well, right, uh, <laughs> no one dude. dude, Shameless is hilarious. Shameless um, is really good. That's a funny show. Uh, I've been really into. Uh, you know, Star Wars Rebels, because I'm a child, and that is some, if you like Star Wars, it's fun. <coughs> and also, it goes along with Mandalorian right now. I really don't know what else I was watching. I don't know. I was just going to be a dickhead about Star Wars, but I'm not watching anything. You know what I've been doing? I've been watching old, like, early 2000s, like, dumb comedies, like, dick and fart joke comedies, like, uh, Saving Silverman and... Uh, Oh, fuck. Jack, what was the other one I was just talking to you about? Like all the Harold and Kumars and all those like just stoner dick and fart joke ones where I was just like, dude. Grandma's Boy and all this. Grandma's stuff. Boy. That was the one. <clears throat> I was like, dude, those are great movies. Remember a simpler time when you're like. <laughs> when you can make movies like that? You can't even oh, do that. That's, that's true. true. Yeah. That's true. Maybe that's why I like them so much because they don't. Grandma's Boy like especially. I don't see that happening again. Uh, yeah, probably oh, the ones not. you named anyway. I would say, well, God, Harold and Kumar. Her, what the Harold and Kumar? There are three of those. So there's yeah. a. What's the se- is the second one Guantanamo Bay? You could never make that movie again. Not in a million. My God, <laughs> Rob Corddry. I wish yeah. they could get that <laughs> for that. Easy, Jack. God damn. <laughs> you all right, bro? Yeah, lay off the sauce, man. It's only ten o'clock. Jesus, choking. I thought I hit the mute. Sorry. All right. I thought I hit the mute, but then I went on living my life. <laughs> Vaughn, have you been watching Saved by the Bell on IFC still? No. You loser. I've seen it all. I know. <laughs> I knew That's... you were going to say that. I don't know why I said it. I don't know why I said it. Pat- Patrick Blair, Patrick Allen Blair says that he cannot be stumped on a Saved by the Bell trivia question. And I believe I got him. On one, I looked up like, dude, this is going back to when you and I got matching tattoos in Las Vegas. So obviously our brains weren't in the highest capacity at that point, but you know, I don't, I think it was. Other people got the tattoo too. Don't make it sound like you and I buddied up on We that. have buddy, buddy tattoos. I'm thinking everybody <laughs> else, I think everybody else got theirs covered up. <laughs> oh, do you still have I, yours? Of course I do. I told you I, I wasn't going to get covered up unless you did it. It's never getting covered up. And that's what I was afraid of. Yeah. 
If you recall that morning, I texted you and I go, hey, man, just so you're wondering, uh, it's still there and we can't wash it off. (laughs) And then we went to In-N-Out Burger. (laughs) Yeah, it's the only thing in Vegas that's like reasonably priced. That's why I'd go there. It's like, sweet, four bucks instead of 25. Dude, what the fuck was the question? Uh, What was the name of – it wasn't the what was the name of the beauty pageant in the – uh, Saved by the Bell summer job when they worked at the beach thing. I think that yeah. was a question I stumped you on. The Miss Liberty contest. Yeah, yeah couldn't have been I knew that one. I'll you didn't stump me with that one for sure. There's no way I would have gotten that one wrong. Do you, Patrick, 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 do you, Patrick, do you take pride in this? Yes, he does. Well, I'll I answer for him. Well, I'll answer for him. Sad, but yes, because we're talking about right now on a podcast. That's how proud <laughs> he is. Even though I brought it up. I did it because my little baby boy is proud. Yeah. <laughs> my son's been watching it and he seems to enjoy it. So I'm doing That's something be, right, I guess. It'll be after Kapowski, just like we all were. There you uh, go. I hope so. <laughs> um, are you going to watch this reboot thing that they're doing? Rough, man. I don't know. It doesn't... Isn't like AC Slater like the governor or something? No. Or... See, I'm already nerding out. Zach's the governor, I want to say, or state senator or something. It's just my way of getting you to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. You fucking knew. This dick. Um, so back to back to music, since Bond can't be a part of a lifestyle podcast and Cole hates that word. Um, I'm curious, and you, and, and you can tell me you don't care. So one of the things that I've been ranting on lately on this show is, is Spotify and my disdain for it and um, I'll plainly ask this. Do you guys know your Spotify stats for 2020? Because in case you didn't know, everyone else does. So uh, I saw everybody posted about it. And I I believe I'm the only person that has access to the artist account thing. And that's not for any other reason than no one's asked me for it. And also, I don't know what we're going to do with it. <laughs> like, we're, not, we're, not, we're not active enough to like, first of all, I ain't posting those stats because they, they're not glorious numbers because this isn't 2009 itunes numbers you know they are real though 2012 <laughs> you want to talk about some numbers we moved some units back in the you know 2010 but uh you know honestly like with the spotify stuff we never we never even really pushed it like yeah. we didn't we didn't handle a lot of that stuff like management handled like put all the stuff on spotify and everything like that and also numbers didn't matter back then the sound scans mattered like how many CDs you sold mattered. Streams didn't matter. So it was never anything that we really fucked with. Like I see some of these bands, like now mind you, you and I both know that people also pay for stats on these things, which is hilarious to me. Like what a ripoff. But, you know, we've never really even paid attention to that stuff. Like I can pull it up right now and look at it and laugh. I'm not going to tell you what the numbers are, but I'll look at it. Let me find it. But yeah, I don't, I don't truthfully follow enough current events to understand why people are mad about it. Is it because they take, they pay so little per stream? Is that like I mean, what the big anger thing is? Sure. I mean, at least they, at least they finally like kind of changed the uh, RIAA as far as so many streams was considered one unit. Yes, and and that you know helped a lot of bands crust over you know one sale. <clears throat> Sorry, Jack. Yeah, but no, I mean, when you look at story of the year, they 
30 million streams last year that makes them nine thousand eight hundred dollars that's it you know <laughs> that's, that's 30 so million <laughs> yeah and so like that and that's been my whole my whole problem with it and, and again i think it goes back to two also like look i i you know I've never been, I've never been on the level. And plus when I was ever on any sort of level at all, Spotify didn't even really exist. So like, but I've mm-hmm. never been on the level as someone like a story of the year, or like any of the bands I see posting their stats. Um, at least right. not, I'm not even in a, in a band anymore. So like, but my biggest thing is I still like to create music. So like mm-hmm. from a creator's perspective, when you pay someone so little, and there are also, if you've had experience with it, or you've talked to someone who has, there are all these legal loopholes involved with Spotify where your music can basically be distributed by anyone, including mm-hmm. digital, digital, like online digital music stores and people who create these playlists. So if you remember back and like Jack, you mentioned CDs when I was asking you about the markets you did well in, think about it this way. If someone had 1000 of your CDs and was in the parking lot of your show, just giving them away while you were trying to sell them. That's how I kind of think about, the way that music is distributed and sort of shared on Spotify. So now that's fine if the artist got paid more per stream, but if you think about it from story of the year's perspective, what if that was their income for the year making $9,000 in a year, isn't going to work for anyone. You know, that's, that's, and the post has been going around like, Oh, you barely make minimum wage or whatever the case may be. But like, um, and I actually had a really good conversation because I, I posted the, you know, basically what the the revenue was per stream and stuff. And someone, you guys remember Zach Michael? He was in the band Sunday But Summer. Yes. He actually sent me a message on Instagram, and he, we kind of just had an, a, a conversation about it. And he was like, you know, my problem. While I don't disagree with you, he's like, I think more of the emphasis should be on the labels, and they're the ones that are the problem with this. And I said, yeah, I probably should be mentioning the labels too. But I'm also coming from the ignorant standpoint where I have been a part of the conversation and that label labels suck anyway for so long that I just kind of moved on, I guess, and trying to find the next thing to, to complain about. And I don't want to sound like I'm bitching. And I know I probably sound like a fossil when I say, Hey, Colt, go buy a song rather than stream a song. But at the end of the day, and I, and I just, I wanted to like, I'm just trying to raise awareness on it. Like, cause I like, like I said, like when you get, when Brooke Royal, when you guys were doing your thing, your thing thing, I was one of your biggest cheerleaders. And I thought, being someone who was in a band, if you guys are successful, it only brings more success to the other bands in the city. So I was never looking at it like I'm in competition. Like I want you guys to be successful. I want the next band to be successful. Like, um, so at that same token, now as someone who's like still a fan, still makes music, I'm like, Hey, if you hear a band on Spotify and you like them rather than just go back to Spotify the next day and stream it while you're working out, go buy the song and then tell all your friends about it. So that way, if they want to go check it out on Spotify, fine. Then if they like it, they buy it. Like this sort of domino effect of, all right, we've streamed it, but now we're going to buy it. Same thing. Like I used to learn about bands in magazines. I read about them and blindly I would go buy the CD, but I I still think about it the same way. And maybe I'm thinking about it wrong. You guys can tell me, but. We do the same thing with uh, this, like the CD artwork to find out who some of like the California bands were, you'd yeah. open it up and look at who they thanked. And yeah. you could see all these bands that were like their local bands around there or whatever it was. And, and, the and then, and then, yeah, you know, well, I mean the, the first corn one, they think Deftones, Sugar Ray, and yeah. uh, maybe Incubus, uh, something like all that. None of nobody knew who any of those bands were, you know, like, 
at the time, but that's how we would a lot of times would find out about stuff is you just look and see who, who, who the bands were that they thanked in their, in their CD booklet and then go look those guys up. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I get, I get shit changes as technology changes and we evolve, but you know, I, I still think there's a, there's a, a much more practical approach that I think the listener and the fan could take, but it it's just comfort and convenience over, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's you know, you've nailed that comfort and convenience. That's everything. I mean, mm-hmm. if I wish it all could be that black and white, cause a lot more people could still be doing things, but it's just simple fact. Like, you know what I mean? Hey, if everyone would just stay inside and not go out, maybe wouldn't have coronavirus numbers. Like, you know what I mean? Like if people bought CDs instead of just streaming them, then bands would not be poor and feed their families and insure them. I wish it was that black and white because, you know, maybe I'd have a job still. <laughs> Keep this but, going cold. I got a crying baby. I got a tent. Uh-oh, that's not oh, good. Cool. cool. Well, I was, I was just going to say like, if you compare it, if you compare it to like movies or shows and stuff like that, it's like Netflix. Are you going to pay, you know, $13 a month to stream and watch anything you want? Or are you going to go out and buy the season because you love that season? 100%. Like with that stuff though, but also I think in that same vein, like Netflix pays for that up front. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, well, mind you, like for me to put, for Brook Royal to put a song on Spotify and all the streaming things, it's like $30. So technically we are, we're paying to put our stuff up and then they're going to make the. I, I totally get where Pat's coming on and I get what you're saying as far as, yeah, convenience. Like why would I go buy, I don't have a hundred dollars. Why would I go buy 10 albums for nine ninety nine when I can just for nine ninety nine I can have all of those albums and I can listen to them as many times as I want. Whereas Netflix is like, yeah, they're paying, paying Adam Sandler $20 million for Hubie Halloween. <laughs> and like, you think he gives a shit if any, any more streams happen? He don't give a shit. He got his money. Bye. Right. You know, Netflix benefits from getting more subscribers. Be like, oh, man, if you guys checked out Hubie Halloween. And that's my only example right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, like Hubie Halloween and Stranger Things. Like, man, you got to get on there and, you know, uh, that's something that's unfair. Like if, if record labels were like, what's well, a catch 22, I guess you'd say. Because if the label is like, all right, well, we will pay you $10,000 for your record, but then you lose all your royalties and all those other rights and stuff. So then they could sell it in movies and soundtracks and stuff and you wouldn't have to get paid. But I don't really know how I sound like a fossil because I don't even know if they do that shit anymore. (laughs) I don't know. I still got an eight track. Be surprised (laughs) if anybody would allow those to. I'm sure there's people out there still signing us total shit deals but right like yeah, shows with the voice and all that stuff i mean those those contracts are awful well yeah well again those are all a different level because that's hollywood shit they're all gonna get they might get a ten thousand dollar advance for them to record this cover and they're gonna sell it and all this but they might get put in a movie part in third lead and pitch perfect five <laughs> <laughs> something like i don't know but i mean it, it's it's still kind of like a catch-22 on that too because do you i mean you want people to listen to your music. Of course, you yeah. you want people to buy your music because you make more money off of it. But you don't want to tell somebody don't stream it if even if they're not like if they're not willing to buy it. You don't want to tell them don't stream it either because you still want them to listen to it. So what do you, you know? Yeah, what do you, you do? Want, they've I mean they've got everybody pretty much bent over yeah a barrel like you 
can't bite the hand that feeds. Mm-hmm. Like, how are they listening to your music? They're listening to through the service. Uh, it really sucks too because it's like, well, you can stream it, but at least if you come to the show, we'll make money. Well, now we can't do shows either. So, right. Yeah. Well, I, I think it was Anthony Green from Cirque Survive um, just posted like he put up the Cirque Survive. Oh, the play the number thing and scratched everything out, all the numbers, and was like number of mounts. I don't have insurance for my family anymore, or I was removed from my insurance because I don't have money. And the next one was because we can't tour. And then because people, you know I mean? It's, it was quite heartbreaking to read that, especially for someone like Anthony green, who I love and respect and has been right. a staple of a rock star to me for 10 plus years that he's, you know, he did sales and his solo stuff in Circa. And you're like, man, like he's struggling as much, if not more than, you know I mean? any of us i at least have a part-time gig where i'm getting like nine hours a week but even like you know i mean i don't don't have kids i don't have a wife i don't have a house payment and stuff my fucking awesome roommate lets me live here so right well i see i seen like the social media post that you were having the other day um with some lady and i think it was a woman uh, about how much money you know rock stars apparently make and you're like yeah i tune guitars for story of the year guess how many houses i have (laughs) yeah that was an interesting thread that was uh adam the skull russell from story of the year that was his wife oh okay gotcha so it's funnier when you know who that is because you can see like yeah dude like i'll be right back boys good yeah cool that's fine me and cole will carry this (laughs) i ain't got time for you anymore jack but yeah no it's that's where it all spawned from was from Anthony's post, I, th- I think, or that was the first one I saw. I got to be honest with you. I've been trying to get rid of all social media. So I got rid of Facebook two years ago. Twitter's my next one. And then after that, Instagram is going to be the last one. So what do you, what do you mean by trying? Like why just too, just too much crap or Twitter is so convenient for news well, let me take it back. That's not the real reason I look at it. I look at it for hockey stuff okay. because yeah. hockey is the only sport I follow. Um, you can get all the information for hockey on Twitter like that. Right. Like I'm like, man, I wonder who's under contract on who's coming up. To, oh, cool. I see it. it's on Twitter. Uh, you know, Colton Pareko, new captain. Shout out. Um, <laughs> but so, but Twitter is so toxic with people, keyboard warrior like. I mean, you want to talk about doom scrolling is something I just learned two days ago. That's a thing. Doom scrolling? Doom scrolling. People okay. just reading all the chaos that people, I, I don't know. It's, it just shows like the true ugliness of humans. and That, that just puts, puts you in a, a toxic <clears throat> mind space that people don't understand. That's why I want to delete it. <laughs> But it's convenience again, right? It goes back to convenience. It is. But then it becomes those things where I'm like, all right, well, I can just unfollow those toxic things. Well, then some people are the ones saying the toxic things that I know. And I'm like, they're going to be like, would you unfollow me? I'm like, why do you care? Right. It's because you post really racist. (laughs) One one comes to mind, Bon, that you and I. You know exactly who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about. I know You know exactly who I'm talking about. And it's pretty, it's pretty fucking nuts. I just get baffled because I like the person. And then I just see the things they say and I go, maybe I don't even know you, but then maybe <laughs> that's know. not fair for me to base it off of you venting on the internet. It's, it's a super bummer though. And I, that person's a great example. Cause that's a person I don't know that well. <laughs> I've hung out with that person. My yep. wife has hung out with that person. Yep. 
So I'm like, man, that person has been really great to me. And the, the person in this world that I love the most, they got to be a good person, right? And then they get the Twitter fingers and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. How did, like, I'm, how is this even the same person? You know, I, like. I said the same thing. Like, I was like, I don't even know who to talk to about. But I mean, that's a great example. Like, I just go, oh, man, like, that's why I just don't say anything. And then but uh, if uh, I'm not saying anything, then why do I fucking have it? Kind of thing. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Instagram is going to be the hardest one because I do enjoy. I enjoy looking at people's families picture. That sounds creepy in the least creepy way. I, can, I like looking <laughs> at you. Uh, but like, I enjoy seeing people's lives and travels and things like that. Cause I don't really, I don't follow that many people on, on most of the things. Cause I just, you know, I realize that you don't have to accept every friend request and all those things. Like, I don't know you. Why do you want to look at my shit kind of thing that I used to do on Facebook? So I got rid of Facebook because that shit's toxic. But also Instagram does like algorithm stuff now. So I don't even see like if Pat posts a picture of his little baby Clyde and I want to see Bonnie and Clyde, I can't even like I can't even see it because I got to scroll down for two days to find out that he just posted 20 minutes ago. But some fucking post about a band I liked two years ago, put up a right like, hey, new merch store sale. I'm like, that's the shit that makes me hate it. I don't understand. I don't understand the algorithm at all, especially like either. especially like Facebooks. Like I can scroll through and it'll show me stuff from three days ago, but I'm not seeing hardly anything from what people are posting today. Why? Why do I? I already seen this three days ago. Why do I care now? You didn't see it. You saw it. You're no. better than that. <laughs> I've never corrected him once. Really? Not ever? I'm real bad on it. I mean, oh, so that's sarcasm. I got you. No, no, I haven't. I swear to God. Oh, so, so I'm the first one to do it to him. Yep. Thank you. Hey, you're going to learn today. So, you know, what's weird, though. That same algorithm is what's making Spotify's revenue keep increasing. It's the, it works the same fucking way. What do you mean? The So the algorithm where it works like with the, the algorithm, the algorithm works with like the playlist that you see in Spotify and that will just randomly appear. Like I don't have Spotify. So this is just what I've been told in the research that I've done. And I don't, I don't, I don't know enough about algorithms to even know how they work in general but i'm saying like it like you're saying about instagram and facebook spotify is working the same way with their playlists and the bands that you hear or randomly come up in those unique playlists as they call them that just randomly appear for you um which is funny to me because again i'm probably not using spotify to the fullest extent that everyone else does because when i hear a band i don't know i just go what is this and i'm like oh there's a don't play this anymore i'm like cool like that but also i use spotify i literally listen to like the same like 20 bands and that's all i listen to when another song comes up i'm like oh that playlist must be over i'll restart deftones entire discography now and like i think i looked at my uh plays this year and it's like four bands (laughs) and that's it like i didn't even have a top five i think i have a top four (laughs) and it's all the same bands that you could guess every single one of them (laughs) it's literally all bands that probably all but Colt because we don't know each other as well. Il Nino. <laughs> Thrice. Spy Shank. 40 Below Summer. <laughs> Spy Shank. Static X. Strangely, OMC How Bizarre was on one of my top song plays. Fun story about that. I, uh, I have a cabin in North Carolina. 
that I go to, I went to like six times this year during the pandemic because it's in the middle of the mountains, the Smoky Mountains, and no one can find me. But also on the way there, no one can find me because there is no cell phone service. So with Spotify, Pat's best friend, it um, I had turned on like 90s, like top hits or something like top hits of the 90s. And I was like, dude, awesome. Eagle Eye Cherry, all this stuff. I was like, sweet. Uh, you know, Ed or not Ed Sheeran. Who's the other? Edward McCain. Was it McCain? Yeah. Ed, whatever it was. But like all those songs. And then OMC came on when I was going through like a whole mountain range, which goes for like, it's like seven miles of completely winding across like the Okoe River. And I didn't have service, so I kept playing the same song over, and it was OMC How Bizarre. Oh, God. And, well, I just, I had the volume down a little bit, because I was enjoying the sights, and I just kind of go, dude, this song, I feel like it's been going on forever. Am I driving slow? Or, like, like what is going on? And then I realized that I tried to go to the next song, and it just goes, bam, 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 bam. I was like, all right, next song. Bam, 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 bam. So... By the time I got through that whole valley, I had a pretty good OMC impersonation. Sorry, that's me. <laughs> sorry, I'm popular and people want to talk to me. <clears throat> sorry, am I back? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> you're All back. Right. But yeah, they, <clears throat> uh, so yeah, OMC, t- how bizarre uh, became, but it, I, I start. I would play it at the mountain range every time I went through because I just thought it was funny at that point. So, hey, it's OMC, a good track. OMC, you're welcome. I got you. I got you a lot of plays this year. <laughs> enjoy that. Enjoy that three cents. Yeah. Well, you know what? No, because that dude's got a lot of plays in that. But I looked up and he had like millions of plays on his other songs, and I didn't understand that. Who? O- OMC. I think it's one person. No, it's definitely a group. Is it? Yeah. It's only got one dude in it. OMC? Isn't it a girl, a guy, and then another guy? I think literally. No, I, was, I, I, I thought think it was just that dude, one dude. Is it really? Those two people are only on that song. Am I thinking of the right song? That's him. OMC is considered that guy? <laughs> That's him. That's fucking crazy. I never knew that. I was <laughs> hey. trying to get you to sing the song again, Bond. But... Hey, over, under on uh, How Bizarre. 50 million. Over, under. Uh, I'm gonna go over. Over by thirty million, and coincidentally, I played all thirty million of those. <laughs> <clears throat> but he's got other songs that have like four hundred thousand plays. I'm like, is that the song after How Bizarre? O- OMC stands it for is. Otara Millionaires Club. Vocalist Polly Fumana. He's the sole member. <laughs> he is what the crap? I dude, I, I would have never. In, I thought that was the group. I you know who I'm thinking of? I know who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of Len, Steal My Sunshine. Yes, That's yeah, but, also, but also, OMC, that video, going back, to, going full circle on our video shit, that video, I remember because it had the girl and a guy standing in the background being like, playing like a bongo. He didn't say a single word, but it was three people in the video. Correct me like if the, I'm wrong, but the girl was easy on the eyes, yes? Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Now I'm thinking, yeah. He I'm was a dancing guy like in Boston's. Fuck yeah, dude. What a gig that would have been. <laughs> Just be the ska dancing guy on stage. <laughs> you can put DMs for that. <laughs> that. That guy used to get it, though. That dude, he, it. he was the best. You could walk, dude. First no, of all, strangely enough, though, his job was to dance every night, but he was still slightly overweight. 
Oh, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> he partied hey. like a Bostonian. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, he probably did. He I mean, he didn't have water on stage. He had Sam Adams on stage. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, he might have been partying at Boston Market after every night. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. might, I don't know. But yeah, my first of all, that record, let's face it, so fucking good. It's a good record. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if everybody got into ska like I did in the mid yeah. late nineties, but it's St. Louis. I don't know. I mean, it was kind of a thing. You just you, you were grandfathered in St. Louis if you were like my age or our age. I don't know. Our age. Our age. Um not Colt, but right. us. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, that's I'm probably why like, I hesitated. I'm just going like this and blocking them out. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> that's true. Yeah, because it was like, it wasn't like it was like Pennywise, Zebrahead, uh, Goldfinger. I feel like Mustard Plug played in St. Louis every Tuesday. Like it was just a, it was a thing, you know. Mu three thirty, real big fish. MU, yeah, yeah, Mu three yeah. thirty, the other one, yeah. <gasps> yeah, they were from St. Louis. Yeah, they were from FTL. <clears throat> There's a band called Radioactive Bananas. They might have just been Granite City guys that I knew, but I'm pretty sure they were Operation Ivy. Yep. Fuck. Jack's way older than all of us. I the forgot Vandals. about that. Well, you were gone when I was telling. I started a, uh, a conversation with Jack. I used to go see you when I was a teenager. I'm sorry if I'm aging you. I'm not trying to do it on purpose, but I probably was barely not a teenager myself. I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah, but you know, I was still like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and wasn't in a band necessarily so i was like i gotta figure out what's going on yeah I, <laughs> let's go see fifth element man they got a dj a I discovered fifth element and calico system and that Dude, was it okay yeah. so pat you can jump in on this and well obviously jack you can as well colt you might have to sit this one out this might have been before your time again i'll sit back, I'll, I'll sit back and listen two hours of our conversation <laughs> but like i went to like my first local show i went to like i was in a band we just started uh, doing stuff and I was like you know we gotta get in the scene and all those things I didn't understand why I was like why is everybody doing ninja kicks on stage I didn't understand that big blue monkey thing like where like Ryan invented his like ninja spin kick thing and then all of a sudden I went to a show and I'm like Calico System Fifth Element <laughs> sugar coated uh, like uh, A440 and all them I'm like why does everybody do kicks like they're all doing like spin kicks and ninja- i just i didn't get that was that something like you when you first started going to shows were you like did you notice that or was that just me because i i loved everybody was thrown down on stage but i was like everybody's doing this kick thing it's, it's weird it was like, just I, trying it was trying to keep up with the story level because there's shit like uh, uh, numerous times i was their live show would get described to me as is acrobatic mm. so and that's what it was. I mean, it, I mean, it was insane back in the day. Like, oh, you know. I mean, yeah, they used to light each other on fire and puke on each other and stuff. <laughs> and and now I work for them. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, but, but I mean, that was like, I mean, if if it hadn't been for them doing that shit, we probably right. would have never done it because they set the bar and you gotta you gotta get I, it. I, I definitely knew that because I was from the new metal era where I was like, oh, you gotta play low like Mike Mashak from Stained and Seven Dust and Corn, but like I just. I just noticed, I was like, oh, maybe that's not cool to do that anymore. Maybe you have to do spin kicks now. It was, I don't know, it was it was just something I noticed. I didn't know if that was something you noticed when you came in. Uh, I was yeah, all in no. stage presence. I was into, like, I wanted, like, bands to, like, the crit. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this band's so good live. Man, have you ever seen Il Nino live? They're insane. <laughs> I'm just using Il Nino because that was a 
first one came to mind, as always. I remember that, but I had a different reaction to it. Um, only because I remember the first few local shows I went to, they were punk shows, like all punk. Every band was punk. I don't even remember the bands, but um, no, that had its own sort of stage presence there. But then I remember distinctly going to Mississippi Nights and Fifth Element was playing, Calico was playing. I didn't know any of these bands. And um, I remember being like, oh, this is different. Just everything about it was different than the punk shows. I had, you know, that was my exposure to the local scene. So I go, oh, God, this is different. Um, and, um, I remember being sort of impacted in a way like, oh, maybe if you take the punk live show and then mix it with this kind of live show, you got something. And, but I keep in mind, Big Blue Monkey was already doing that. So I'd, I hadn't seen them yet. <clears throat> I really didn't see them until they became story of the year. Yeah. Um, I went to the galaxy one night to see them. A friend of mine. Uh, told me about them and I went and I went to see them and another guy that we knew I got I drank too much like fucking mad dog or whatever the fuck we were drinking back then on the way I got sick and I left um so I didn't see them so I didn't even really get exposed to them until they were story of the year so huh. I didn't know I thought I thought I, everything was like the show I went to at Mississippi United for the fifth element calico and all these bits. so um then when yeah. I finally saw story of the year and her I had heard about them obviously but you know, yeah, I, I didn't like I, I just I didn't know that Big Blue Monkey was like big. I didn't know who was big. I, like we were going to record at um, SGM Records and because that's where Fifth Element had just did uh, warm Dece- was it warm December. Yeah, there. I don't know the record with a robot on it, but Fifth yeah. Element had did that there. And we we're like, oh, man, we got to put a record out there. So like we we're like, all right, we got to go to the show because that song sounds cool. Like we were, we were so noob. Like yeah. I was, I was 18 years old, like going like, how do we be cool? Like we can be famous to be on the radio every day. We're going to be rich. <laughs> and then you just look at it now. You're like, ah, what was it? Horror. And I've had four songs on the radio. <laughs> what was it? GTP TV. Is that uh, GTP dash com? That was where I met like every band that I was friends with, but it was GTP TV. Yeah, so I remember discovering that, and then I believe they put out, and maybe you guys just did it on your own, but Fifth Element had like a documentary video, Jack? It was, yeah, it was like EPK thing, wasn't it? You're on mute, dummy. <laughs> it was, uh... I just burned you, I'm sorry. <laughs> Look. Oh, hey, puppy. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, she <squishy> face. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, yeah, we did. Uh, we were in talks with um, <laughs> Epic Records at the time or whatever, and then Gloria Butler was uh, coming in to start to work with us on some stuff. And uh, <clears throat> man, I don't know. So we made that EPK thing just uh, again. Uh, that's taken following Big Blue's lead, you know. So I saw that before I saw anything about story of the year. So that to me was like my local sort of like, that was, that was it. That was like the, you know what I mean? Like that was the golden goose of the local scene. Like that was it. Yeah. Like that video, that video was like everything to me. I was like, that's see, that's what I'm trying to do. I want to be in a band. I want us to get personal. I want us to be like, introduce us the way that you would to the world. Like my only exposure to something like that before seeing that was like, um, and I think I had like a 311 
VHS or something like that, you know? And it was like, yeah. it was long drawn out thing on their, about their tour and this and that. But those guys aren't necessarily like the most party fun, for lack of a, yeah, for lack of a better word. So I was like, there has to be, party there has to be everybody does. <laughs> well, yeah. That's like, you so, see, like for me, like the one, Corn had a VHS yeah. called Who Then Now, and they are just drinking their asses off. And they, you sit there and just watch that and be like, "Holy crap! Like this is this is what this is what they do. Like this is <laughs> you get yeah. to play cool shows and you drink your beers and do yeah. all that yeah. stuff. Like thousands of people and you just get hammered. Whoa! <laughs> I can't wait till I turn twenty one. Yeah. Like you hang out with other bands at, yeah. with other bands at house parties and like people just come to hang out. Like that's yeah. crazy. Like what what a concept. Like. Yeah. Hey Colt, real quick. Yeah. Do you, did you have a VCR? Did I have a VCR? I don't even know how old you are. I'm like acting <laughs> like you're 12. I'm 33. Oh. oh, well, you're not. Yeah, you probably had a VCR. Yeah, I did. Did you? Did you have a tape player? Uh, yes, I did. My first rate, my first stereo had a tape player in it. Dang. Did you ever make your own mixes on there? No, I wasn't. Like that, I wasn't. Button? I wasn't that technologically advanced. You couldn't hit the record button on a blank tape. Uh, uh-uh, uh didn't know how. Dang, dude. <laughs> but, but you can record something <laughs> on your computer and upload it uh, um, to the internet. For, yeah, I'm a little older now. I figured some things out. <laughs> for tens of people to hear. Uh-huh. Dang. I'm going to have to get rolling here, boys. Yeah? You can go. I'm done with you. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> hey, Pat. Yeah. Jack's got to leave. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, we've been doing this for a long time, so I should <laughs> probably go. Well, let's yeah. let's do one let's do one last shout out for Brook Royal and give yeah, the information sure. on what's going to be coming down the pipe and all that stuff. No, oh, yeah, remember two hours ago when we talked about this at the top of the show? <laughs> uh, hey, we got we got a new song coming out on uh, Tuesday, December eighth, uh, called "We Wait," and then in the following months, we're just going to do a new song like every month for the next few months, and hopefully, we can get ahead of the curve and keep recording ones like, and then hopefully, we'll do shows someday. <laughs> Right. That's the hope. Yeah. Well, you, once you can hit us on that. Uh, you can smash that like button when you go to uh, Instagram or Twitter or um, Facebook. It's all Brooke Royal, B-R-O-O-K-R-O-Y-A-L, one word. And I don't know, do you want, Jack, you want to throw your social, your personals out there or not? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you can find me at, AJ, at J Bonathan. I'll add something for you. Yeah, do it. Go buy the song, people. Don't stream it. Yeah, okay. it'll be on. It'll be on all those things you buy things on. But yeah, uh, I know y'all are lazy and you're not going to do it. So. <laughs> Burning all See? our tens of listeners, yeah. damn it! I just, I just challenged <laughs> them. Give me that ninety nine cents. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to get like sixty four of those cents. Give me that sixty four cents. Right. <laughs> but yeah, hey, dudes, thanks very much for having us on. Sorry, I ramble a whole lot. And it's all good. Wanted. If if you if you like to edit shows, this would be the one to edit down. Nah, <laughs> now we're good. Nah. Man, there's, there's yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Up. No problem. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, thanks, boys. Take care. You too. Holla. Holla. Man, we are out. <laughs>